Is anyone there? Can anyone hear me yet? Hello? 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 I can't. I, I can't. I can't. Hello? Oh, oh hey. There oh. you are. <laughs> oh, thank you God. snuck up on me. Thank God. Thank God. Oh, oh you had the remote for it. Good. Good. Oh. Nice. We have so many things on the table now. Well, it's a big day. It is. Let's do one of the. Yes. Nice. Nice. I have a little, a little treat. Yeah. Oh. This isn't it. I was really hoping this, this was not it. a treat. All right. Cheers. Oh, wow. Oh, I can see the new boards now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we all we only have one more day of Oh, my of God. So next gum. week is the last mud gum ever. Unless we do it in between now and then. No, I think it should be a celebratory. Like, on the, like everyone can rejoice. Mm. You, me, and Rob can rejoice. And Welch can all rejoice that the mud gum is gone. I got a specific phlegm response to that round of mud gum. I don't know why. That was mud gum and the on it uh, amino. Okay. Went to the vitamin shop. I go into the vitamin shop. I was out of CBD. I got some CBD. Yeah. I got some liquid joint compound. Yep. Because my knee has been bad. Yeah. Not, you got gravel in it, you were yeah, saying. It's weird. It's like my left knee has like <laughs> just a little gravel in it. Not a lot. Um, so whatever. So I was like, all right, well, the liquid joint compound. I think really works. It kind of doubles up something that I take as pills, but I think the joint, the liquid's better. And it was 50% off. Mm -hmm. So it was like 17 bucks. So I was like, cool. So I got the jar of liquid joint compound and CBD. New CBD I haven't tried before. Mm -hmm. Vitamin Shop came out with their own CBD. Nice. Yeah. So my guy was there. So I was talking yeah. to him. And uh, they moved all the CBD to a different area, mm -hmm. a higher traffic area now because Vitamin Shop has their own CBD. So I went to the spot. I stand in there and I like, I used to be the guy that I'd go in just like to any store and they'd be like, do you need help? And I'm like, no, I got this. And I just like, you know, find everything. <laughs> but uh, now I'm at the point in my life where people are just like, where the hell is it? Like, like it was here before. I know who it was. Uh, so anyways, and that guy and I have gotten to be like pretty cool. So um, I just like, he's like, do you need help with anything? I'm like, I don't think so. And then I literally like, I just said, I don't think so. I rubbernecked. I didn't see it. And I was like, where did you guys move the CBD? He's like, oh, we moved it over here. And then I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so then I was like, hey, is the vitamin shop CBD, have you gotten any feedback from it? And he said, no, we literally just got it. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, okay. He goes, but for me, CBD is CBD is CBD. He goes, I don't think that there's really that much of a difference. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there is. Because <laughs> like, I took Charlotte's <laughs> Web and it was like a sedative. Yeah. I said, and then I've taken other CBDs and like, there is a difference. Like, yeah. it's not just like, it's not like ibuprofen. You know what I mean? Like, right. no matter what brand of ibuprofen you get, it's the same fucking thing. I was like, yeah. there, there is a difference to it, which would make sense because there's different strains of weed and right. whatever. Like, what are they using to get the CBD from? And, you know, I was like, right. okay. And just how, like, how do they have it mixed? Like, the guy that in Northville that I told you about, like, yeah. he's got his own way of just doing it. Yeah. Like, and which was, everybody else is the same. Yeah. Which was weird because he's normally like, 
so meticulous about like the difference between products. Yeah. Right. Like he's like, well, this one, blah, blah, blah. and uh, he's a wildly knowledgeable guy about supplements, which yeah. is great. Um, just not drugs, I guess. Well, he just doesn't care yeah. about CBD, obviously. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, uh, whatever. Yeah. And I said, well, actually, you know, like, um, I think that there, that there is a difference. I said, I'll, t- I'll get the vitamin chap one so I can give you some feedback. So at least you have something. Yeah. You know, <laughs> other I mean? than CBD is CBD. Other is than CBD. like whatever. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And, uh, He's like, well, what do you use it for? I said, well, I kind of use it for like general like body ache maintenance. You know, I'm like, I push my body pretty hard and the CBD kind of like takes the ache away. You know, I said, and there's like a slight amount of like, it puts me in a better mood. Mm-hmm. I said, but overall CBD impact is like 92%. My body just feels better and 8% like, oh, I'm in a better mood than I was yeah. 20 minutes ago. Yeah, you know, I said, but mostly I'm just in a better mood because my body doesn't hurt so yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, well, you know, he goes, I've read the studies and the uh, threshold of um, active CBD to actually impact pain management is like 500 milligrams a day. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, and I was like, really? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, well, that would seem to be very cost ineffective. Yeah. Because 500 milligrams a day would be half of one of those jars. Right. So it would be about like thirty dollars a day. Yeah, yeah, of it's CBD. A <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. So he was like, "Yeah." He's like, "So it doesn't make sense." He's like, "At that point, you could just get like narcos or whatever." And I didn't want to be like, <laughs> "Well, I'm sober, so I can't take drugs." <laughs> so CBD is pretty much as as heavy as I can go. Yeah. Um, but I was just like, "Wow, if, oh that that just seems like really you know like ineffective cost wise." He's like, "And at that point, I just think like I'd be sleeping all the time." From the CBD, and I was like, "Yeah, probably." Like, if you yeah. were taking 500 milligrams of CBD a day, you would probably have a healthy sleep schedule. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I mean, if you get like the sleepy time, do you think like a not sleepy time one would still put you out if you yeah. took enough? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. think uh, because there's what there's sativa and there's indica for yeah. weed, right? One of them's gonna make you sleepy. One of them's gonna like get you up and going. Mm-hmm. I think if you smoked enough of the get you up and going, it would put you to sleep. Yeah. From what I remember. Yeah. Like, no matter what the weed is, yeah. if I ended up playing... I think you just do more of it. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. If I ended up playing Carb Your Buddy, no matter how, like, <laughs> let's get up and get going the weed was, I would end up asleep yeah. on the couch. Yeah. Right? Like, there's no way around that. Yeah. That game is one of the most ridiculous one, like games that I've ever heard. It is one of the greatest ideas of all time. And yeah. it, I think it is such a reflection. I forget. It, did you come up with it or did yeah. Dan come or No, no, no. Not Dan. Me... Um, Seth and Phil as, okay, as okay. the original founding members of the Henry Hall Bong team um, <laughs> came up with Carb Your Buddy. So I'm going to give a quick run through. I don't know yeah. if this is going to have a negative impact on my life or not, but whatever. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Weed's no. legal now. Um, so when I went to college, uh, <laughs> I went to Western Michigan University and I ended up luckily landing in Henry Hall. Yeah. which is like in the middle of campus. So yeah. most of the time as a freshman, you end up in the valley and they have these valley like dorms or whatever. I don't know how. Next to us was Davis Hall and it was all the like exchange <laughs> students. There were some American people there, yeah. but it was mostly like just like foreign exchange students. And that one was central in the campus because most of the foreign exchange students worked like campus jobs. So they would work at like the cafeteria and all that stuff. So they put them kind of all in the dorm one so that way they would interact with each other. But then two, they were essentially located to like go to work and to do all that right. stuff um henry hall i lived on a floor it was 1996 
just so we're clear. Yeah. Um, different time and place. But I lived on a hall. I lived on the third floor on the B side. And it was all, not all, it was 90% just beat up hippie dudes. Mm-hmm. Right? So at the time, like, I was growing my hair out. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wore corduroys <laughs> with, like, the patchwork in the side and, like, sweaters every day. And, nice. you know, like, whatever. Um, and, and everybody was just, like, huge hippies. So... Um, when I was in high school, I went to Brother Ice and I led a retreat program at my high school. Yeah. And so the retreat program took you out of high school for four days to go on the retreat program. You missed four days of school. So there was an, there was an entire like chunk of the faculty that wanted to cancel the retreat program because they felt like missing four days of classes was like completely outrageously unacceptable. Yeah. And it was like, sure. (laughs) Okay, we're a Catholic high school, right? Yeah. Like a retreat is probably like, you know, whatever. And in the end, like the retreat, you remember your whole life, like what you did those four fucking days in math class. Yeah. Like who knows? <laughs> um, and my school is like super serious anyways. So like most of the people, like the four days you're going to miss, they already did the work before the four days. Mm-hmm. Not me, but <laughs> the other people. People did. Yeah. <laughs> I heard. <laughs> so it wasn't like a big thing, but whatever. But the, um, the retreat program literally rested on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. So if I got in trouble... The retreat program would get canceled. Really? Yeah, like a hundred percent. Okay, I don't remember this part of the story. So, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> so my senior year specifically, my junior year, it was like halfway through that we started the retreat program. But my senior year, for sure, like I could not get in any serious trouble. Mm-hmm. So, like, I got in trouble for like talking in class or like bullshitting around or whatever. But it was very clear, like, I could not get in any serious trouble. So I just did not do anything bad. Because their true program was super important to me. Mm-hmm. So when I went to college, Western specifically, I, ha- I was already working in horses. So I had a job. I was making, like, 60 grand a year. Yeah. So I didn't want to go to school. I was yeah. like, I want to do that. Because yeah. traveling and, you know, whatever. That was, like, a huge adventure. And uh, Sandy ha- asked me. She's like, I just want you to go to college for me. Because if you don't go, I don't think you're ever going to go. And blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll go. Mm-hmm. But I went just for her, and I had no intention of like doing anything westerny yeah. while I was there. Yeah. Um, and I think like my freshman year when I went, I had like eighteen grand in the bank mm-hmm. from like the summer before. Yeah. So I was just balled out. I was like, yeah. you know, like whatever. Yeah. Um, so when I got there, I just really didn't have an intention of doing anything. I ended up failing out after my freshman year. Mm-hmm. I had like a, I don't even know. I don't even think I had a one point. I just missed so many classes. It was terrible. It was awesome. It was like one of the best <laughs> years of my life, but <laughs> academic performance-wise, it was terrible. But anyways, um, so then I was like smoking weed and stuff like the day I got there because um, I couldn't really do anything bad my junior and senior year. So yeah. when I got to Western, I was like, oh, <laughs> nobody's going to care. It doesn't matter. Um, so we j- I started smoking weed with these guys who had been like lifelong potheads. So I was like playing catch up. I don't know. (laughs) But anyways, um, so we were talking about like how I was talking about like how good we were at smoking weed as a collective because there was like a group of us, like eight guys. Yeah. And uh, we could all smoke a lot of weed, you know, (laughs) which is a funny idea. But I was I was saying that like we were really good, like we could compete at smoking weed. Yeah. So excuse me. So we tried to come up with a system of like how you would compete at smoking weed. Because I was like, we could be like the Henry Hall bong team mm-hmm. and then challenge other dorms like their, you know, Hall of Famers or whatever. Yeah. They could get a squad together and then we could like compete at smoking weed. <laughs> so we would 
we were trying to figure it out. So we came up with a game called Carb Your Buddy. So what it is, is you got like your team. So like I, I play against one of the guys on their team, right? And you kind of like match up as like pairs. Yeah. So we have a bong, obviously, because it's a bong team. Yeah. It's not a joint team. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> duh. So we eat, we have a scale and we each weigh out the same amount of weed, mm-hmm. right? So like if it's going to be like, you know, a pretty hefty bowl, right? You're going to take whatever of a gram yeah. or a gram. I mean, I don't know, whatever it works out to yeah. be. So you're going to weigh out the same amount of weed. You're going to get that weed. I'm going to get that weed. It's the same weed. Mm-hmm. I can doctor up this weed any way that I want to pack a bowl, right? Okay. So you're going to basically get a bowl's worth of weed, yeah. however big the bowl is on the on the slide. Yeah. And then you're going to cut it up however you want or pack the bowl however you want. There's different theories on how to pack up the bowl. If you do like layers of like dust and then like chunks and then dust and then chunks to yeah. whatever. So I pack the bowl, I put it in the in the bong, and then I fill the tube with yeah. smoke. And then I immediately, as soon as I'm done filling it, I cap it and hand it to you yep. on the other team. You pull the slide, and you have to clear it in one breath. Mm-hmm. So when I'm filling the tube, it's one breath. I have to fill the tube in one breath. Right. And then you have to clear the tube in one breath. Yeah. And if you don't completely clear the tube... <laughs> You kind of get blown up, right? And then you just start yeah. coughing and shit. And no one has to tell you, but you just lost. Right? Yeah. Like it just happened and you <laughs> lost. So the idea. Did I win? Does it feel like you won? <laughs> it looks like you're losing. So um, so we started out playing against each other with Curb Your Buddy on this plastic. It was Kirby was the name of it. Um, it was this little like red plastic bong. Nice. And then we did that in the dorm, which was just a horrible, horrible idea. Uh-uh. Yeah, so I got a police scanner, <laughs> and then uh, we had an entire system, but we would, uh, and you were fine until somebody lost, like as long as like you could like take it. So we didn't really like play hardcore in the dorm very often, Yeah, but um, we would then take the bong with us when we would go places and then like play against people at parties and stuff. But in the, in the dorm, we would like put the towel under the door, burn popcorn. Like mm-hmm. not really badly, but like enough, enough that like you yeah. burn the microwave popcorn. And then we had a spoof, which was like a plastic pop bottle mm-hmm. filled with dryer sheets with holes in it. So you'd blow out through the spoof to the window fan, mm-hmm. which like the whole window is like completely blocked off, taped up, like <laughs> plastic, all this shit. And then there's like one fan yeah. on high blowing out. Yeah. So it just like suck everything out. Yeah. Um, and then we had the police scanner. So... <laughs> So you'd sit in there and just fucking hit it up. Oh, my so, God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I I had gotten away with, like, real close calls twice. Mm-hmm. Once, later on when I saw the movie Blow, made me yeah. think of it. Because, like, I heard the scanner. I ran out of my buddy's room that we were in, went to my room, and grabbed this duffel bag that had, like, stuff in it, let's mm-hmm. say. And then I was, like, walking out of the dorm with the duffel bag. Mm-hmm. And as I was walking out of the dorm, like police were walking into the dorm, and I was like, Cruz, just kept going. Cruz like right by him, really? walking out of the dorm, and I was like, I am fucking out of oh here. Oh my yeah. god! Um, but one time we actually got like busted, and nothing happened, which was really weird. 
We're sitting in this room. There's a knock at the door, and we were like, "Shit!" You can yeah. hear everything outside of the room. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's not like it's quiet. Yeah. So it was like tink tink tink, and you just hear everyone in the room like, "Shit!" Yeah. <laughs> like everyone's like hustling around. So we moved the bunk beds to be at the door. So when you opened up the door, you just saw the bunk beds with a sheet hanging from the one bunk bed, like to cover the through. Yeah. So that way, like you couldn't see into the room. Gotcha. Um, and then also was kind of a barrier at some level. And we'd always take the burnt popcorn and put it right at the door. Yeah. Like the towel under the door, burnt popcorn at the door. Yeah. Little space, bunk beds. And then we're all hanging out behind the bunk beds by the window. Gotcha. So as there's a knock at the door, it's late in the year. And we're like, shit. So everybody's like hustling around and doing whatever they're doing and all this other stuff. And then finally, like, I go to the door to answer the door. It's not my room. So yeah. I'll answer the door. Yeah. I was like, hey. And he's like, is... uh. I'm not going to use his real name, but he's like, is Larry here? And I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> who's looking? Who's, like, yeah. I'm stoned. Yeah. I'm like, who, who's looking <laughs> for him? And he's like, my name's Detective whatever from the Kalamazoo Police Department. And I was like, yeah, he's right here. Hold on a second. <laughs> oh, my God. So I was like, I closed the door. And I was like, hey, Larry, um, there's, a, there's a guy here that wants to talk to you. Uh, and he's a detective. And he is like. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah. And when you talk to him, can you just like get him away from the room? Yeah. Like here, now. Yeah. Please. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> it, it never got scanned. So there, it yeah. wasn't called in. Yeah. So like we were caught like dead on. Yeah. And uh, we never kept anything in that room besides what we were going to smoke right then. Right. Because if we did get busted, like it was easy just to like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, hence the duffel bag. Right. Yeah. Which was that <laughs> in another room. Um, anyways. So he goes out, talk to the guy. I look through the peephole and I watch them walk down the hall. So they walked away from the room. Yeah. I open up the door. I look out. They're no longer in the hall. And we all just fucking scatter. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh everybody God. takes off. And then we caught up to him later. And we were like, dude, what the fuck, man? What happened? So he came out. He asked him to go like to his room. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, can we go to your room to talk? Yeah. And he was like, no. And he's like, why don't you want to go to your Like as they're walking down the hall. And he's like, why don't you want to go to your room? And he's like, because I, I, don't, um, I don't like having cops in my room. Yeah. He's kind of a weird guy, but whatever. Yeah. And the cop was like, well, why wouldn't you want a cop in your room? And he's like, because it's my right to have that as my private space. And I don't like cops in my private space. And the cop goes, is it because you have a hydroponic setup in your closet with four plants in it? Because he had already been in his room before he came to get them. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. And my buddy turned and he's like, no. And he's like, are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure I saw it. And he's yeah. like, so do you want to go in my room? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we went in there and he was just like, why would you think that this is a good idea? Yeah. Like one is going to take you so long to grow plants anyways. Yeah. And like once they get to a certain size, like it's just going to smell. Yeah. Like, I mean, they were like this big. Like he had just started, whatever. Yeah. But the guy was like, like had already busted him. You know? <laughs> so anyway, so the cop just like, he wanted his, he wanted him to give him information on something else, mm-hmm. which I don't even remember what it was. So the cop literally just like plucked his four plants and took them. Really? Yeah. And he didn't get in and any trouble. It. And we didn't get in any trouble. Yeah. And I remember just being like, dude, are you a fucking idiot or not? Like, why would you grow plants (laughs) in your fucking dorm room? Like, you almost got us all busted. Yeah. For nothing. And you guys didn't know it until afterwards? No, he never said anything. He had a a triple. He lived in a triple, right? So you have doubles 
and then like there's one single on each half of the floor okay so like there's four floors in the building the bottom floor is like the cafeteria and stuff so there's three floors so there's six doubles i mean six singles and six triples in the whole building Mm -hmm. he lived in the triple on our half of the floor okay and uh he literally just worked both roommates out of the room yeah yeah like they both went and were like i have to move rooms yeah and then he ended up with a triple by himself <laughs> because he was just an un, like an unmanageable roommate. Really? Yeah. How do you do it? Just being disgusting or annoying? I or? don't know. He's a lot. Okay. Yeah. He just la- being he, Larry. He later in, later in life injured me several times. Seriously. Like he sent, oh. He sent me to the hospital. Oh. Being his friend is dangerous. Uh, he sent me to the hospital. Wait, he was the one dancing naked at the church? Yes. Oh, okay. He sent yeah. me to <laughs> <laughs> Yes. He sent me to the hospital a couple of times, and there were a couple other instances. Dude, you got to stop hurting me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if you need to like consider me a cream puff or what, but <laughs> you've got to stop injuring me because you've literally sent me to the hospital two days in a row. And he's like, I'm sorry, man. And then he literally like flicked a bottle cap that went off course and drilled me right in the eye. <laughs> And I was like, dude, we're going to have to take a break from our friendship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, just don't come around me for a little bit because yeah. I'm kind of over this. Oh, my but God. But anyways, yeah. um, he is a founding member of the Bong team. Yeah, so that's Carb Your Buddy. <laughs> yeah, so that's Carb Your Buddy. Yeah. So we uh, we competed against others. And then, actually, I ran into people um, the next year. I'd be at, like, a party or something. And they, like, knew who we were and they yeah. knew of carb your buddy like carb your buddy became like a really big deal yeah at least do you a, think it still exists there I don't like think it's so no no it was a That'd cool it cool. was like a cool i like i don't mean to be rude and i'm old and everybody's always gonna think this but it was like a cooler time yeah you know what i mean so um people were a lot more interactive people were a lot more friendly you know yeah. and uh a lot less social media nonsense there was none yeah there was none i was the only person with a cell phone i was literally the only human being with a cell phone which was terrible yeah Yeah. because then like i couldn't get a hold of anybody but everybody just expected to constantly be able to get in touch with me yeah dude what the fuck yeah so it left me in this weird space yeah like dude i called you it's like okay dude like i'm not literally just sitting around waiting to answer phone calls do you remember what phone it was yeah it was the old school motorola flip yeah yeah like old old school no, it might no, it might have been before the flip. I think it was before the Motorola flip. It was like a brick. Okay. It wasn't yeah. the Zach Morris like. Big... Was it like the big rectangle? But it had like a flip to cover the um Numbers. the buttons. I think Maybe. the first one I got was the one before that, okay. which was basically the same phone. It just didn't have the flip part. Yeah, my uncle had that. I remember, and I yeah. remember him destroying it. Like I don't know, I was probably like six or something. Anyways. Um, he had this thing. I remember thinking it was super cool because, like, whatever. And yeah. I'm also six, and like, he lost his phone, and then I ended up finding it for him, and it was underneath his seat, and it had like the power thing. He crushed it with the seat, and like, because he was trying to go down or whatever. And I remember we were driving, and uh, he was like adjusting his seat and like lowering it. And he's like, "It's really hard to like lower the seat. I don't know. Like, I don't know yeah. if the power is going out. No, it's because his phone was under there. So like on the number part where it covered, it mushed into there. It didn't like crush the phone all the way, but it crushed the thing into the numbers, which was super funny. Yeah, he had to get a new phone, obviously. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mine. If you want a glimpse back into uh, into Darren Harrison at eighteen, nineteen years old, um. So I was I grew my hair out, mm-hmm. and then I had a pair of black leather pants. <laughs> so I went to Brother Rice. So there's a dress code. 
So yeah. you had to wear like dress pants. The the spirit of the rules were you had to wear like dress pants, a dress shirt, a tie, dress shoes. Yeah. And so the they had like it specifically like written out what you could and couldn't wear. So I would always just try to find the loophole. Yeah. Right. To like not do just it. Just to be that guy. Just to be yeah. that guy. So yeah, like there was totally. nothing in the the handbook that said anything about leather pants. Oh. So you couldn't wear jeans, right? Like there were specific things I said you couldn't wear. So I got these leather pants for Christmas because I was like, dude, this is going to be <laughs> epic. And, uh, so I would wear them to school all the time. Yeah. Just like leather. Fuck. Like they were expensive. Yeah. You know, leather pants aren't cheap. Yeah. And they're from Wilson Leather. And uh, so I wore them to high school quite a bit because they were like just fucking epic. And it was hilarious. I had a kid in the grade below me, Matt Paris, and our parish. And he... Uh, he took the torch after me. Really? Yeah. He had like a suit, like a literal suit made out of like pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he would wear them to school. It was fucking great. Oh my God. It was fucking great. Um, there's there like one kid in each grade that was like going to push the fucking dress code. Yeah. And uh, I was that guy for my grade. And like, oh like someone God. else would get in trouble for dress code. I remember a guy in my grade who I think was on steroids in high school. <laughs> got in trouble for like the dress code and i was in the class when he got in trouble and he just fucking lost it and then just like started yelling at like the teacher about me he was fucking he's like this is bullshit this kid and then he's, he's like darren yada yada and he just starts like going through all my shit and he's like i'm gonna get in trouble um but whatever so you when start i start laughing oh i, I was yeah. just like what do i have to do with this like, you're gonna call me out um we weren't that good of friends at the time yeah but anyways um but when i went to college then and my lifestyle changed a little bit, obviously. Yeah. Um, I loved the leather pants. Yeah. Because one, <laughs> let's say I fell down, right, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, I was living a little bit of a rough and tumble lifestyle. Yeah. Playing so, Spider-Man and whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Some real, <laughs> just real fucked up stuff. But um, they were tough. So, like, if I fell, they were, like, kind of protective, which is why people that ride motorcycles wear leather pants. Because yeah. if you fall and off. jackets and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It protects you. Yeah. So they like protected me. The yeah. other thing is, is you can just wipe them off. Mm-hmm. So like if they would get dirty, I could literally just wipe them off. Like I didn't yeah. have to wash them. I could just like, we're good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like get like a wet paper towel and wipe them off. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I wore leather pants like all the time. Yeah. I mean like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wore the same t-shirt, this Bob Marley tie-dye t-shirt. It was like the first tie-dye t-shirt I ever got. And I wore that t-shirt like literally every day for like over six months yeah yeah i remember you telling me about that shirt yeah and then yeah. I had like a, like a couple of sweaters that i would like rotate between yeah but that t-shirt every day and then i put like another tie-dye on top of it and then the t-shirt <laughs> and then a sweater. with the leather pants with the leather pants nice so leather pants were like a, a good conversation piece but the crazy part is is like they definitely got me like a couple of girls which i thought was hilarious really yeah they're like are those leather pants and i'm like yeah they're like those are sweet and i was like where the fuck are you from you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing them because I think they're hilarious. Yeah, so they're like, those are hot, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, you know how musty these things are. But I was like, Jim Morrison. Do you, wore do you own pants. a pair of leather pants still? Oh, I still, I still do. Yeah. yeah, I don't know where they are, but I know I do. Is it those leather pants? N- okay. No. So Toby, my dog, killed those ones. Ah, oh, fucking Toby. So there was like a nylon lining on the inside of them mm-hmm. because you can't just wear leather against your skin because you know it's really bad. Yeah. So there's like basically from the waist to like the middle of your thigh, there's like a nylon lining on the inside of them. So I'd always wear them like without underwear. Yeah. Because like the nylon was nice. You're like, ooh, 
whatever. Yeah. Ooh, ah, mm. And you're hot in them anyways. So yeah. Like, the less layers, the better. Yeah. Um, They're like the opposite of dry fit, I would imagine. Yes. Completely. Like opposite. a wet fit. <laughs> Must, <laughs> musty fit. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, at, at some point, Toby had uh, had gotten smashed and he had hip surgery and then whatever. So his mobility was limited and he had gone from a lifestyle of being with me 24 hours a day for the first year that we were together to like having to be at home because I was like working and going to school mm-hmm. and he had like a bunch of energy he couldn't use because he wasn't allowed to run whatever he's going through hardship and he just fucking like chewed up all my shit yeah like it, we had this brief period in time until I just like beat it out of him where yeah. he would like <laughs> chew up so he chewed up like the lining to my leather pants mm-hmm. he chewed up like three pairs of boots like just like real targeted stuff that i really liked like he, yeah. was, he was a genius yeah because he like all the stuff that i didn't care about like could be there all day and he would never fuck it up but if yeah. it was something that i like i really cared about he would know yeah and he would just like go after it. i so. know he likes that i'm gonna fuck it up so those leather yeah. pants got attacked and chewed up and fucked up by toby and then one of my friends the guy from the story previously yeah. had bought leather pants thinking like because mine were such a hit that they would yeah. be a hit for him. Yeah. Difference is he has a different build. Like he yeah. was jacked. Yeah. So like his leather pants were like tight. <laughs> <laughs> where mine just kind of fit like loose jeans. Yeah. They were just, they just like jeans, but they just happen to be made out of like black leather. Right. But his fit like, you know. Spandex. Snuggy. Yeah. Uh, so it didn't it didn't work for him. And I don't think he had the personality to pull him off anyways. Right. Like he had to have a specific like yeah, it's a real like trolley kind of personality. Yeah. yeah. So he uh it didn't work for him. So when mine got fucked up, he's like, Hey man, you can have mine. I was like, Cool. I think I traded him like a jacket for it. Okay. His barter system. You know, yeah. whatever. Yeah, you um, know. So then I had his but his didn't fit the same as mine and I, I wore him like a bit and then after it I was like, Oh fuck it. Like I can't you can't replace them. Yeah. So it was what it was. But those are the leather ones that you own somewhere now yeah okay. oh, and they're somewhere and then i had gotten like someone else got me a pair of leather pants somewhere along the way but they found it like a thrift shop or something <laughs> yeah so i had those and then nice. i had uh yeah i had a few pair of like animal hide pants but uh only the one pair really were the were the championship <laughs> so that's a little insight into a uh 19 year old darren. darren harrison yeah black leather pants uh i had this pair of sweet boots and then uh the bob marley tie-dye maybe another tie-dye and a sweater every day just killing it (laughs) Uh, that's that so yeah that was carve your buddy and uh, carve your buddy eventually evolved from the little plastic red bong to this plastic blue bong to a three-foot glass yeah and then when it got to the three-foot glasses where it got like super serious yeah and then we would just fucking destroy human beings yeah people would stop by because we it was at my friend's house who was a drug dealer Mm -hmm. so people would stop by to like buy weed yeah. And then we'd be like, hey, man, you want a bong hit? And they'd be like, fuck yeah. And we're yeah. like, oh, this is going to be epic. <laughs> and then just be like, here, I'll, I'll set it up for you. And then yeah. like they have no idea what's going on because they're like half paying attention, half trying to like make sure they're not getting ripped off for weed. Right. Whatever. And like yeah. Phil and I, my buddy Phil and I were like the best at like juicing it up. So yeah. we'd like sit there and be like, oh, how big one do you want? And they'd be like, oh, pretty big. You know, because people are whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, pretty, like, all right. Pretty big. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. okay, cool. And yeah. then like, I'll make this as dense as a black hole. <laughs> yeah. And then literally like a minute and a half later, like we'd always wait till they got their weed. Yeah. So that way, like our friend wouldn't get messed up on the transaction because then she would not let us hang out in her house. Right. So it was always like once, <laughs> once this person handed her the money, we're like, all right, cool. Let me carve all you right, one up. Here you go. And, uh, most of those people threw up. Like most <laughs> of them just threw up in the sink. <laughs> like, like it would be like, Oh cool. And then be like, here, you just got to clear oh it. God. And it's, it's so fast. You yeah. know what I mean? Cause you're not thinking about it. So I'm just like handing yeah. a tube and I'm like, here, hurry up and clear it. And they're like, Oh, okay. 
and then like boom did you guys ever have a system to where like um i don't know there's like burger joints or whatever where they have like the gargantuan burger whatever but like if you finish it it's on the house but if you don't it's like a 25 dollar burger or whatever like yeah. if you clear this like you get a what like this much weed for free and if you don't you pay like double price or some shit basically the way that it worked is if you cleared it odds are one you were gonna be really fucked up but oh, yeah. two you were gonna be like okay yeah and if you didn't clear it odds were it was gonna be really bad yeah so your entire like motivation was just to like be okay <laughs> yeah you know because like literally like uh if you didn't clear it like you were in really bad shape like yeah. most people threw up like right. if you couldn't clear the tube and you were like try and you tried to blast it like tried to actually like clear it and you only got like two-thirds of the way through and then you started coughing like odds are like that coughing was just going to progress and then you were going to end up like throwing up in the sink yeah which is just kind of how it happened and yeah. then everyone else was like oh it's like friday when he gets yeah. knocked out and everyone's like oh shit and you're yeah. like green yeah. and just like sweating and you're like shut the fuck up yeah and everybody's like oh man but uh yeah almost everybody that ever came through that was like not our friends just like swinging by to whatever they all ended up just like in terrible shape yeah yeah the one guy like we i felt really bad we did it one time to this guy who was there with his girlfriend and uh we just totally emasculated him in front of his girlfriend and she was like laughing at him <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then we were joking around about how he was how she was laughing at him and then he was like really really upset yeah like yeah like i don't know if he cried in the car but he was like really really upset and then we were like all right dude like we should kind of maybe not not do this anymore but oh my God. yeah the car your buddy i only got destroyed one time yeah that was it yeah yeah and that was from from my buddy yeah yeah yeah, because it was on a return. Because you had chances to rebuttal. Yeah, yeah. You, you could regroup. Like, you, like once you got destroyed, yeah. right? Like, you know, you you had the chance to like get your shit back together and then try to get that person back. Otherwise, yeah. it would just wait till like the next time. Yeah. And uh, I had blo- like me and my buddy Phil were like the champions of that game. Right. And so I had finally gotten Phil. Yeah. Like finally I got him and I was like, yeah. yeah. And I had the crown. So I was like, that's it, dude. I'm the fucking king of this shit. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, he caught me off guard. Like I went over there and yeah. I was like, not in a good space yeah. to be You're like, dude, I seriously can't. He's like, no, fuck you. Yeah, he's like, no, I owe you one. This yeah. is it. And yeah. I was like, oh, it's dude. Happening. I was like, dude, I'm really not like, yeah. I'm not in the space for this today. And he's like, no, man, this is going down. Yeah, and it's I happening. Remember, I don't fucking care. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, all right, fine. Yeah. Fine. Whatever. I was like, all right, dude, cool, let's do it. And then, yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. And then I threw up in the sink, and I was like, this is oh what my it is. God. Now I've played every role, and that was, a, yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. I may have had a bathroom accident shortly after that. <laughs> but was that was that the one in the 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 trash can? No, that was the one in the covert operation. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm oh going to my, my buddy's God. house to meet his parents. But whatever. Yeah. Those are a long time Who ago. Who cares? So that's care of your buddy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a very, very aggressive game. I don't know now. Like, I don't think it would be. It's not really the same thing, right? Because you have wax. So there wasn't yeah. wax. So basically, like, no matter what I could do. One, I don't think weed was as strong as it is right now. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, too. Yeah. Now, you, like, at all weed is the same-ish then? Not really. Like, so you still. So there's, like, a misconception of the fact that, like weed was all this like every i think every generation has this idea of like well our weed is like you know nuclear and your weed was like electric you know and you're like (laughs) and uh it may have been true 
I just think that there was a smaller percentage of weed that was like really strong. Yeah. So I think now you have a higher percentage of weed. One, because you don't have to be so crazy secretive about growing it as you right. did in my day. Right. So there's more people growing it. And I think just having like active growers produces stronger weed. Yeah. Because you're going to continue to pick out, you know, either you're cloning or you're using seeds. And either way, you're going to take your strong shit and keep like moving it forward down the path of like being strong. So I think right. like because you've had like active growers for 10 years or whatever it is, like in that 10 years, the weed's going to get stronger. But I think like you still had people that had been growing. My buddy, I'm not going to use his name, but I had a friend whose dad had been growing weed since the 60s. Right. So he had actively been growing strains of weed for 30 something years. Yeah. <laughs> I went to his house and like my buddy was growing this like shrub. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> stupid. It was literally a shrub. Like the bottom of it had bark. Like there was literally like bark around the bottom stem yeah. of this thing. And it was literally a shrub. Yeah. It was fucking ridiculous. His dad had a plant next to it. His dad had taught him. His dad worked for the um, not agriculture. I forget what it's called. But his dad worked for the state, like yeah. being a horticulturist, right? Yeah. Like that's what he did. Yeah. So he had done this his whole, like he had dedicated his life to this. His dad was super cool, really hairy guy. <laughs> <laughs> I went over there one time. He had no shirt on. It was literally just like a sweater of hair. Yeah. But um, I'm glad I'm not that. Oh, oh my god. god, I've met some people where it's like, you don't even need to like go buy t-shirts, dude. Like no, his, yeah. dad, his dad was wildly intelligent. Yeah. Um, and hairy. Yeah. But we went down in the basement because he asked me to like help him with his plan or whatever. And I was like, yeah, dude, I'll go. Because I just wanted to see it because he kept telling me like this and that. And I was like, okay, I'll go see it. And then I remember like we went down to his basement. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. It was like a fucking basket. It was literally, yeah. it was literally like a basket. Like yeah. there's like the stem and there's like boom. Like, yeah. It came up, out, and then it was just like this thing. Like a was, like, solid. Solid, yeah. solid thing. I That's think hilarious. when he, I don't know. I'm trying to think. When he harvested it, I, I can't remember like how much it was. But it was it was a shit ton. It was just yeah. like fucking gigantic. Yeah. Anyways, his dad's plant was right next to it, and it was literally it came up, it branched out, and then it was just two, literally just two stems, and they were both just like huge buds, and that was it. Yeah. That was the whole plant. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> it was, like if you went to harvest it, you didn't even have to touch it. You just literally like snipped, and you were done. Like yeah. It was there was hardly any leaves on it at yeah. all. There was no there was literally no wasted energy from the plant. It was yeah. just like stem that wasn't like it was a, like a decent stem yeah and then it literally just split. all its energy just went into this like two buds yeah yeah it was just like it just oh came up God. split and there was like two buds and i remember it was this really really weird fucking color really yeah and i remember just being like wow like that's weird and uh he's like yeah my dad like that's the whatever there's like a strain to it or whatever and he's like yeah that's like the plant my dad's growing and i was like wow like yours is way bigger and he's like yeah but that's way better and yeah. i was like really he's like yeah. yeah he's like he's like yeah, that. just just think how big my plant is yeah. and then mush it all into like this yeah. type deal he's like that's that's uh he's like that that's really like a work of art he's like i yeah. can't even express to you like that and i was like well it looks like there's like no wasted energy he's like yeah no that thing's crazy yeah so i have a hard time believing like that from the late 90s like someone figured something out in terms of growing a plant that yeah. this dude hadn't figured out in 30 something years of right. growing weed. Yeah. So I, th I, I, I say it more so in the sense of like the pool, like if there's a hundred percent pool of weed yeah. that like the 80% is like the mere whatever. Yeah. And then you have the 20%, which are like along the lines of your buddy's dad. Now it's like probably like 60, 40, 60 being like 
yeah his dad crazy yeah 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 Yeah. and then your top end is probably higher because it's the same shit you have 20 more years of people condensing and concentrating and condensing and concentrating um where shit gets now is like you know like being able to distill out thc or being able to add like oil and shit to because there really wasn't yeah oil and stuff yeah. back in the day you'd have like hash but it's different yeah or key for something like that yeah back then there <laughs> no one had the idea i wonder if we can just like smush all the good stuff out of the weed yeah. or whatever yeah. yeah and like the process to make wax is like you know really expensive like it's yeah. not like you're just like at home like let's put this up on a hanger upside down with clothespins. yeah <laughs> i've seen it done um one time because i never really knew like yeah I understood what was being said to me, obviously, but like actually the process from it going from like a flower to like an oil, like I didn't understand. And then it's like literally like you're squeezing juice out of like a lemon, basically. And like that's kind of what's happening here. And then like how much it was because he was he was getting an order together for a customer. And I was like, yeah, she's I need to do this like 10 more times to get what she wants. And then she buys this like once every couple of days and i'm just yeah. like whoa yeah f- oh my god but yeah. in, in terms of like carb your body you're never really using that stuff anyways you know yeah. what i mean like it's like one because it's not cost effective like right. for that three footer the bowl that you're filling is like a significant amount of wheat right it's not like you're packing a one hitter or a chillum or something you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean like it's it's probably like closer to like a an okay size joint yeah right like it's it's like so like you would never really use like really good weed anyways it was always like the regs or commercial or whatever like the terminology in the day was right like you might get like a mid-grade for that but for the most part like you're not using shit because it just gives you a headache yeah but um yeah you're not using like dude my buddy grew this and you're like sweet let's grab one of those big ones and cut it up and throw it in this and let me have you consume the whole thing in four seconds yeah like it just didn't make any sense. So um, I think now because so much of what's out there is like just like a higher concentration or higher quality, um, I just don't think that it would be that big of a deal. And you, yeah. could, you could accomplish the same thing with like probably taking a mid-level size rip of like wax. Because I've yeah. seen people like I've never smoked wax in my life. I've been sober for 10 plus years. And so, in, yeah, whatever. In that time frame, uh, you know, there's been a lot of developments, which yeah. I think are hilarious. But um the crack end of weed at this point like i had never yeah. experienced so i remember being at someone's house and they were like they had like a blow torch out and doing all this and I was like what the fuck yeah. is going on and then they took like a bong hit of wax and i remember being like holy shit and it was this like 80 pound girl yeah she took like four of them and then there was a dude there that was like a decent sized dude and he took like one and he was donezo yeah and i was like i know what you're <laughs> i know where you're at yeah oh you just God. lost the carb your buddy game on your own yeah um <laughs> but yeah so i i don't think i don't know i don't think it'd be like that big of a thing now because i think the big thing now is like you know concentrated thc so like the less amount of stuff that you actually have to consume to get like you know, as high as human blown possible. out. Yeah. yeah. There's like more of the thing now versus like, I don't know. I look at the same thing as like disc golf bags, you know, there's different stuff for different things and different feels and whatever. And that was kind of like, there's a specific use for that, right. which made like it pretty good. So if you couldn't get like something sweet, but you get something mid grade, you're like, yeah, let's play some carb your buddy yeah. or something, you know, and just like blow it out. Yeah. 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 I remember oh, last yeah. thing on this and then we can move on yeah. to, to actual disc golf. Um, <laughs> Gabby wanted to get like a vape thing, like a um, like a tobacco vape thing. This was yeah. like 
a year and a half ago or something. And so we went to like a tobacco shop to get it. And at the tobacco shop, they also have like a bunch of glass. Yeah. So I got my glass from like a glass store. And yeah. uh, the guy would just get me stuff. Because I was working in horses. I made a shit ton of money. And I would just always yeah. buy like the absolute nicest stuff that you could find. Right. And so he would literally like find stuff and then keep it for me. Yeah. And then be like, hey, dude, I found this for you. Yeah. And I was like, sweet. <laughs> so I had like a really crazy glass collection. But um, so I remember going into the tobacco store with her. And she was like looking at vape stuff. And I was like, oh, I want to see like what's cool now with glass and check out all this stuff. And uh, it's it's a different style of stuff. Like there's a lot of like it almost looks like factory produced glass. Mm-hmm. You know, we have like a whole bunch of spirals and all this other like intricate work, but it doesn't look hand blown. Yeah. So I don't know if it's just like I don't know how it's produced. Yeah. I'm not that into it. I don't really care. But I, was, I remember just looking at like it just looks very sterile. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the equipment itself just looked very sterile. And then there was a whole bunch of stuff that was like non-existent when I used to smoke weed. Yeah. Like there's a whole area that like you can buy all these different torches. And then <laughs> there's a whole area of like things that look like crack pipes for yeah. weed. And yeah. I remember just being like, well, this is taking a weird turn. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know? yeah. like it's sometimes like uh, some of the people that I've been around where it's just, I mean, because disc golfers and weed and whatever. And uh, the process that they use to just, like, get ripped or whatever is yeah. just, like, you need to have, like, a briefcase. There's, yeah. like, something. Like, th- there's just so much going on. And it's just, like, I get it. But, like, if I were into that or, what, like, that world, like, I, it's too much. Like, it's, uh, to me, at least, like, it just, yeah. not that it's overwhelming, but it's just, like, comical, like, how much goes into it just to, like, get this little dab off or whatever. Yeah. It's just, like, all right. I re- like, I did dabs one time, like, just to try or whatever. And yeah. it was on the way back from a tournament in Ohio. And the guys I was driving with, like, they also did this. And I was out, like, immediately. And I took, it was, like, real quick, because I'm not, like... I do it every now and then, and it's only just recently. Yeah. And uh, then it was just like, oh, fuck it. Like, try it. They do it all the time. Yeah. How bad could it be? <laughs> yeah, it's a big tolerance thing, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. So me having zero tolerance. Taking being, a dab. Yeah. yeah. Um, they were able to drive all the way home, and I slept the whole way. Like a champ, I'm yeah. sure. And they were like, hey, <laughs> you're here. <laughs> like, but I'm still so tired. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's It's ridiculous. So I remember I had, a, I had a high tolerance for a while and uh, I took Lent off. Like I gave up weed for Lent mm-hmm. when I used to smoke weed quite a bit. And I was like, oh, I'm going to give up weed for Lent. And I took the 40 days and I did it. Mm-hmm. And I remember like Easter Sunday, bro. Like I, I'm going <laughs> to get back to school and like I'm going to smoke. And I had like these like I had a bunch of friends. Like I, I was at the bong team. But then I had like a bunch of friends that were like girls that I was like really close with. And I remember, like, I had guaranteed these two girls that after the 40 days, I would smoke with them. Yeah. So they were like, okay, cool. So I was like, sweet. I'll get back on Sunday. I'll bring a bottle of wine. Because mm-hmm. I think I gave up drinking for the 40 days, too. And uh, I was like, I'll bring a nice bottle of wine back. And then we'll drink some wine, smoke some weed. Celebrate yeah. Easter. Whatever. Yeah. So I remember I got back. And we like <laughs> I opened up the bottle of wine. And it was, like, a really nice bottle of wine. Yeah. Um, Late 90s. It was, like, $50 a bottle. Yeah. And uh, you can't even buy it anymore. They don't. They don't sell it at stores. It's just restaurant only. Like the vineyard. That that one. That vineyard. Yeah. What is it? Joseph Phelps. Okay. It's the best wine on the planet. Um, 
So I was like, sweet. So I brought back like a Cabernet, like 50 bucks. I knew one store that sold it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, cool. So I came back, brought it, opened it up, took like a few sips of the of the glass. And I was like, let's do this. I don't remember what we smoked. We didn't even, like it was not a bong rip. Mm-hmm. But I think we still smoked like a bubbler or something. I don't know. And like 45 minutes later, I was like completely asleep. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking like, this is going to be great. Like we're going to fucking rage it. It's going to be super cool. And yeah. you know, like I really like, like we were really good friends. And I was like, oh, this is going to be super cool. And literally, like, 45 minutes later, I remember oh. I was, like, sitting there, like, falling asleep. And I was like, oh, shit. That's and hilarious. then, like, they, like, someone helped me back to the room because I was just, like, so tired. And I was like, oh, let's go. So I went to my room and then just, like, slept. And then I remember waking up, like, the next day. And I was like, well, that was a waste. Yeah. <laughs> and it took me a little bit to get the tolerance back. But, That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, but, the, like, the, the equipment when I was wa- looking through that store, I was just like, this is nuts. Yeah. This is absolutely, like, crazy. And I was thinking the same thing. Like, I couldn't imagine, like what it was when i used to do it versus like when i watched people smoking dabs mm-hmm. like was so weird this girl had like basically in her bedroom she had an ottoman that like opened up mm-hmm. you know what I mean? it's like one of the ottomans that like usually you keep like whatever blankets yeah. and stuff in. and so she opened up this ottoman in her room and she had like all this equipment torches and like all this yeah. and i remember like she's sitting there talking it was like just like flaring this thing up with a torch and i was just like what the fuck is going on yeah. here like this is crazy yeah and uh and then like just watching them do it i was just like yeah like, yeah <laughs> i'm old like this <laughs> doesn't even look appealing to me yeah and uh yeah like i just don't understand like at that point like one you have to have just a ridiculous tolerance and then i'm just thinking like financially i'm just thinking like i yeah. don't know how much this stuff costs but it can't be cheap yeah and like if if you can sit here like the girl took like five dabs out of this like bong like it wasn't like yeah. a like i don't know it wasn't like a small contraption it was like a yeah. serious thing yeah and she took like five and i was just thinking like i wonder how much money that just was yeah and like she was fine like she took the five and then like we hung out and yeah. i was just thinking like that's Holy a lot shit yeah, yeah. like that's crazy because I, I think yeah and i don't know for me like, I feel like it's a waste to some extent because of the tolerance being like yeah. so high. It's kind of like I understand like getting buzzed and doing whatever, like eat, eat like whether it's like smoking or drinking or whatever. Yeah. But like if you're an alcoholic and you need, like go out and have a party, but like to get to where you need to be, yeah, is like fifty dollars worth of whatever it is. Yeah. Versus like I could have a couple. Like I don't. To me, that's like. I should probably like cut it back or yeah. something and just like stop for a while. Cause like legitimately like for me, like if I decide to ever have like a beer or two or whatever, like that's all I need yeah. is like a beer or two. And I have like something going on. Yeah. And like, I even bought beer over the weekend when I was over at Scott and Megan's and it's still in their fridge. I had zero of it. I was like, that sounds pretty interesting. And I haven't had whatever in a while. And then like, I totally forgot. Like that's how much I drink. Yeah. <laughs> I, I buy it in forget about it like immediately yeah. <laughs> i just i just looked at it of like so there's a reason why when you're watching intervention you know what i mean and those people are drinking like mohawk vodka yeah right because it just at that point the amount of consumption to get to where they want to be is just yeah. so high and as i was watching her like just blow out these dabs i'm thinking like you're that level of an alcoholic but you're drinking like 50 dollar a bottle of wine yeah you know what i mean you're like let's get shit housed and i brought a case of this like crazy wine and you're yeah. like okay like yeah that doesn't make any sense yeah you know and i'm just watching like i don't know it was crazy why because she's literally like one of the smallest people i've ever seen consume 
like a high level of anything. And it was like after a while, I was like watching someone eat glass. Yeah. She was just like banging it. And I'm like, at some point, this is going to have an adverse reaction. And I was yeah. kind of like waiting for it. Yeah. And then like as it just kept going, I was like, or not. I yeah. Guess. <laughs> I guess. I'll just go fuck yeah, myself. I guess, I guess you have a superpower and yeah. this is what it is. Yeah. But. Yeah. But you just have to pay for the superpower to show everybody what it is. And yeah. I don't know. I was just thinking, like, you're basically on heroin at this point. Like, yeah. the amount of THC in your system at this point is yeah. such a crazy sedative that you're probably just, like, the equivalent of, like, if you just, like, shot, yeah. shot up or something. Yeah. I don't know. Not as dangerous. Yeah. But. Yeah. Like, the level. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Who knows? Anyways, yeah. I, felt, I felt old because I was just like, <laughs> wow. You know. Who knows? Yeah. That, was a, that was a few years ago. I, don't remember. I think it was, like, three or four years ago. And I was just like, holy shit. Yeah. I remember seeing the first time I ever saw anybody take a dab at all was at a disc golf tournament at Mott. <laughs> this dude had like an electric, like this electric thing that like you could take dabs out of. And I didn't know what it was. Yeah. And I literally thought he was smoking crack. Oh, I was, yeah, like, yeah, I was yeah. like, dude, is that guy smoking crack? <laughs> and like the, the people next to me were like, no, he's doing dabs. Like, are you a fucking idiot? And I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm an idiot. My bad. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> it's me. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that that wasn't crack because it looks like he's smoking crack. Like yeah. my bad, you know. So what? <laughs> and anyways, anyway, long detour. Yeah, so um, that's carb your buddy. Oh, one more yeah. thing. Then, oh it's my god, completely unrelated to yeah, weed. Okay. Um. So I went. I got the original story that I was at before we got to carb your buddy. Yeah. So I got the I got the uh, CBD and I got the um, liquid joint compound. Yes. Tried the CBD. It's good. It's good. I like the other one a little bit better. This is a little bit cheaper, so who knows? It's a, it's a wash. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, it's cool. Um, and then the next day, I went to go like run errands because I had to get Gabby's birthday gift and whatever. And so since they had a sale and I had cash, I like went back to Vitamin Shop to like get other stuff. So I had to get more creatine because we're almost out. And then yeah. I wanted to get like a pre workout, so I got a pre workout that isn't mud gum. That isn't mud gum. Yeah. So I'm walking into the store, and this dude like is walking in the same time I do. He opens the door, holds the door for me. I walk in. I'm like, thanks a lot, man. He's like, no problem. I go, I look. I know exactly where everything is that I'm getting. So I'm like, boom, boom, boom. I'm back to the counter. That dude's at the counter. Mm -hmm. He's returning mud gum. (gasps) Are you serious? I am dead serious. I almost fucking fell down. (laughs) I'm not like, I I couldn't believe it. And I almost like piped in. With the like progressive like don't be your parents commercial where they're at like the hardware store and he's like that's a great spanner and he's like did he ask you for help and then like, yeah. the guy like takes yeah, yeah, away yeah. Um, blue blue yeah. <laughs> anyways um, it's such a good commercial it's a great commercial yeah, so I was almost that guy yeah. and I literally thought of that commercial I was like don't say anything because he was yeah. returning it and I was like piped up like right around I'm like yeah that shit's fucking terrible oh my like God. my buddy and I have muscled through an entire jug of it but he was literally returning it yeah he was literally returning oh you should it. have said something. I went oh I God. went up, I went up. So he as I got up there, he was talking to the guy. And the guy's like, Yeah, that's fine. You get a store credit for it was like twenty one ninety five. Yeah. He's like, You get a store credit for twenty one ninety five if you just want to he's like, Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go grab something else. I'll be right back. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. I saw the guy like put it down behind the counter, but I didn't see what it was. And I was thinking okay. maybe it was something that had expired. I don't know. Gotcha. I walk up, I set my stuff on the counter, and then I look down, I saw it, and I was like Oh my God, it's fucking mud gum. Oh and it like God. the guy like hurried up to ring me up because he knew that guy was coming back. And it wasn't the dude that I deal with. It was this other like little muscle hamster guy. And uh, <laughs> a muscle hamster. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a term for like these little guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, um 
and I almost like just piped in, but it, like I had never talked to that guy before, and he was like obviously in like a rush to get me through. Yeah, but I'm gonna be like, did he return that? That's just fucking terrible. Like, yeah, like, but fuck whatever. That but shit. instead, I looked at it and I was just like, "You've got to be kidding me!" Yeah. So he totally returned the mud gum. That's amazing. So we are not the only human beings that think that. Shit's yeah, fucking yeah, we're not awful. the ones where it's like this is terrible, and everyone else is like, "This is fucking delicious." Yeah, yeah. it's currently fifty percent off. Nice. When I went up there. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, "No, you couldn't even give it to me." Yeah, like it'd be different if there was like a uh, to it, other than like the if it was a taste. Ter- yeah, if it was a terrible taste, but performed well, it would be fine. Yeah, yeah. But it literally does nothing. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I just, all I get is like maybe a little something like energy wise, and it's probably just the additional to it. And then the only other thing is just like hatred. Yeah, it's like please just go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, it was on <sighs> sale. And the thing is, is like they're a good company. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, it, maybe it's like the groove. Yeah. If you think Timmy, Timmy is like, dude, I got a great idea for pre workout. All right, let's hear it we're on board let's make it and then it's a flop and then that dude like got the shit kicked out of him and then fired yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah yeah so i thought that that was hilarious <laughs> and then the other hilarious moment of the weekend which we cannot get by is dylan oh my god okay okay so yeah. i i used to work at cruise and mirror in troy and then I got Zach a job at Cruz and Muir in Troy because Zach yeah. was working at a steel factory and almost lost his toes. My feet. Yeah, your yeah, feet. Full on feet. Yeah. Almost gone. So when that happened, I was like, dude, like, you're too good of a disc golfer to fuck up your feet or injure yourself in general. And yeah. I remember being like, dude, just like, I can get you a job at the restaurant. Yeah. I yeah. remember us talking about it at Firefighters because yeah. it was this, like whole seven. This was like early on in the friendship, too, because yeah. I was like, what do you even do besides disc golf? You obviously have something else going on. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm a manager at Cruise and Mirrors. Like, one, it's like, I don't know, like, why I was, like, shocked, kind of, or whatever. Yeah. But, two, I was like, what the fuck is Cruise and Mirror? Yeah. And then we were talking. And then uh, after that, you were like, seriously, if you want, like, let me know. Because yeah. then we plan on going to play Sunnybrook. Or, yeah, Sunnybrook. Yeah. And uh, let me know. I'll bring an application for you. And yeah. then... I texted you and you're like, okay, I'll bring one. And then I filled it out there or whatever. And I was like, just bring it in on like Sunday or whatever when it's just you. Just me. So then yeah. like we interview and yeah. then I can just hire you there. So Mike Brady isn't involved. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I hired like 10 disc golfers. Yeah. Yeah. Like I brought him in and I told everybody like, I, I hired a couple guys from AA too. Okay. You know, and I told everybody like, I'm going to get you the job and you can't make me look bad. Right. Because my job's important to me. Right. And like, we're friends. Yeah. But like, I'm not going to tank out my job for you. Right. So like I, everybody that I hired in, I was always like, I'm going to hire you in. If I got to fire you, like, I don't want this to be a weird thing. Right. Like before you start, I just need to know that that's cool. Yeah. And like, you were like, yeah. And I never had to fire you. But yeah. I, I got written up one time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I definitely like, I fired a few people and only one of those people, like we just stopped being friends. Yeah. Yeah. And it was what it was. But yeah, I just tried yeah. to hire like disc golf people and whatever. Um, one, because a lot of those people like needed jobs or had terrible jobs that they hated and whatever it is. And I had the ability to do it and it was like, somebody's going to get the job anyways. And it's kind of friendly hours and then we'll be at yeah. work and we can talk about disc golf. And yeah. And actually like I really enjoyed and still to some degree miss working at cruise. Yeah. But like in the, the people that I worked with aspect, yeah. there's a few like random outliers, but like Jasmine, I miss Jasmine and Yesenia. Like, <laughs> They were awesome. I hope Jasmine's doing good. Yesenia, I, I know, is Jasmine. doing fine. 
Um, yeah, she has yeah. 25 houses that she rents out. Yeah. And, and then is always on Facebook live streaming nonsense with is her she? kids and Johnny. Oh, yeah. Not, always. It's I'm so funny. I'm not friends funny. with her on Facebook. So really? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to find it. Yep. Anyways. Yep. Yeah. So I forgot where I was going with this. Uh, you, I don't know. You got me into the cruising your... Yeah. Didn't lose my feet. Oh, yeah. Stuff. No, I don't things. remember. Oh, well. It'll come back randomly. So, anyways, <laughs> yeah, I got you the job at Cruising Mirror. And, uh, yeah, I forget where I was going. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Right, whatever. It's the worst. Yeah. Anyways. It was the best of times. It oh, no. No, 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 no. I remember. What? Dylan. Oh. Dylan. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, so we worked together at Cruising Mirror. Yeah. And um, then, like, you know, we hired other people and other people came in. And I ended up hiring this guy, Dylan. Mm-hmm. And... Dylan was so there's a lot of people at the restaurant you always you're always trying to get like for me I'm always trying to get people that are going to create a great atmosphere because what makes a restaurant successful is the energy in the restaurant yeah like I've said like a thousand times like you can go eat a really good meal in a really sterile environment and your drive to like go back to it is probably pretty slim yeah you can go somewhere where like the environment's great everyone's great and even if the meal's like okay not as great you're still like whatever like I'd yeah because the experience was awesome right yeah so i always tried to f- hire people that like wouldn't do a bad job but would also have like a lot of energy and personality to like improve the restaurant because yeah. i always felt like the issue with the restaurant was the energy yeah um the building was kind of cursed it had this weird <laughs> energy t- i mean just legitimately it had like yeah. this weird energy to it yeah um so Dylan was one of the people that I had hired that literally had like the greatest energy going. Yeah. Like he was like a super flamboyant gay dude. Yeah. Um, really quick witted. Yeah. Really like sharp. Like he's yeah. like a sharp fucking dude. And like the stuff that he would come out with like randomly was so fucking funny. Yeah. And then just legitimately did not give a single fuck about who yeah. you were. Yeah. Not 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 an ounce. Like, if if he liked you, you like got a random win because he liked you. Yeah. Because you could so easily just fall into like, yeah, who fucking cares? Yeah. Like if he died, cool. Yeah. What do you mean cool that he died? Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so D- I yeah. think Dylan's Dylan's grandmother. I think is like well to do. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent positive, but he's got like one family member I think that's like well to do. And so he was always kind of like well to do. Yeah, like financially. Oh, okay. So okay. I think he always kind of had like a safety net. So he yeah. like worked and did whatever, but it was kind of like I don't fucking need this job. Yeah. Like I, you know what I mean? I don't need you. I don't yeah. Need, like, and uh, in the world that he lived in outside of work, like he was cool. Yeah. Like he had like something going on for himself. Yeah. So oh, was, for sure. So when he came to work, it was like none of your fucking opinions matter anyways, because no one's a part of the world that he lives in. Yeah. And it's like fuck you guys anyways. So who cares? Like he's here to have fun and what. I love it. We both loved him to death. So he left to go to New York to live out his best life. Yeah. So he was like, I'm out of here. I don't know what had happened, but like, I don't know if his grandma like gave him some money or what had happened, but he was like, I'm going to move to Chelsea and I'm going to live in New York and whatever. And so I had already lived in New York for like five and a half years. So he's like, I'm going to Chelsea. And I was like, of course you are. Right. Because Chelsea is like the gayest part of Manhattan. Yeah. Right. Like just a hundred percent like. Really, really, yeah. really like the epicenter. This is where Dylan belongs, ep- at least at some point in time in his life. Just the epicenter of like yeah. where Dylan belongs is yeah. Chelsea, you know, in Manhattan. And yeah. uh, he was like, I'm going to move to Chelsea. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. That's yeah. going to be awesome. Yeah. But a lot of people in restaurants have a lot of plans that never take place. Yeah. So he's like, oh, I'm going to move to Chelsea and whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, 
whatever. And then sure as shit, he did. And he was yeah. like, I'm out of here and left yeah. and went to New York. And then I remember like seeing stuff on Facebook or whatever it was. And I was just like, dude, this guy's killing it. Yeah. Like just, it's not the life that I would choose to yeah. like go out and live, yeah. but like, it's definitely the life that he wanted to live. And he was yeah. killing every it. time, every time it would pop up on my feed, I would not laughing at him, but just like, it's awesome. Yeah. Like I, I was legitimately like happy for him. Cause like, this is his, the, that's his domain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just like the, like, yeah, just like someone killing it in a life that's like so contrary to like my life. Not contrary, but just like different from my life. But just being able to appreciate the baller aspect of how hard he's killing it at yeah. the life that he wants. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, so we would always, like even to this day, he's been gone for like six years. Mm -hmm. So even to this day, like life has moved on, all this stuff has gone on. But we would both bring up Dylan quite a bit. Because yeah. it's like, like just to meet someone who like engages life the way that he did would like left an impact on us. And so we always like yeah. joke around about Dylan and we always ask like, I wonder what the fuck he's doing. And he could yeah. literally be doing anything. And we'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Basically. Basically. Yeah. Cause he, he was one of my favorites there. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Hands yeah. Down. Definitely one of my favorite people to ever work for me. Yeah. I and it was like, I had like, I say there's like a sense of some sort of accomplishment or achievement when Dylan likes you. And I say that because I feel like I fell into that because he would talk to me, would joke with me and yeah. whatever, like, kind of us go out of his way to it because i would see very clearly the, the people other, he didn't like where he's others. like i don't give a fuck yeah about you he would like talk shit behind your back this and that every now and then maybe grace you with an insult because he hates you yeah. but usually it was just like the eye roll whatever and then yeah. just yeah yeah you could walk out of your section <laughs> slip on water on the ground drop an entire tray of food <laughs> maybe have a bone sticking out be bleeding he'd walk right by and be like nice shoes and then like cruise on to something you gonna clean up my section or what i got i got people to sit here god damn it yeah but anyway all right yeah, so anyways. saturday gabby's we go to celebrate gabby's birthday yeah so we go to kona mm -hmm. and then after kona we're going to top golf and then after top golf we're coming back to the house yep so we uh we pregame a little bit at the house and then we go to Kona. So it's weird because everything shut down inside. So Kona literally just right. put up a giant tent, like a wedding tent, in their oh, parking right. lot. Got okay. some kind of like heater situation. Yeah. They heat the tent. So it counts as outdoor seating. Mm -hmm. So they have... The weird part is it's a giant rectangle table, but they just have everyone seated around the perimeter. So the tables are close to each other. Yeah. And then there's just a giant open space in the middle of the tent. But like both tables that were next to us were not six feet away from us. Right. Yeah, it was bizarre. It's like, I could you do think it'd be like two, one, two, yeah, one, yeah, yeah, two, yeah, 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 or something. Yeah, no, yeah. it was just the middle's wide open, and then all the tables are kind of <laughs> oh, like no, 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 around no, no, the outside. No. Yeah. So <laughs> we're sitting there, and there's four of us at the table, and I'm facing the end of the tent. We're at the end, yeah, and I'm just facing the tent, yeah, right, because with the girls, they always want to like be seen and see what's going on and all that stuff. So I've just yeah. learned like. If there's a way to face the wall, corner, whatever, <laughs> none of them are going to want to sit there. And that's just like my job. My yeah. job is to drive because yeah. I'm sober <laughs> and um, yeah. make sure that nothing happens to them. And then to yeah. like the shittiest seat, like is going to yeah. be me. Yep. So I'm into it. It's cool because they're a ton of fun. So I'm like, whatever. It's a, yeah. it's a small price of admission. Yeah. So I just sit in the chair right when we get there. I'm like, All right, I'm just going to face the tent. Yeah. I'm sure. That's how it went. So whatever. I'm facing the tent. We order <laughs> drinks. Everything's really slow. Right. Because like they're just working out the kinks of their system of having this tent because they just shut everything down like last week yep. and whatever. So we're sitting there and literally out of the perips, I see this dude 
because it's been six years mm-hmm. and i looked and i was like dude i think i know that guy and i like instantly like stopped the conversation at the table and i was like i think that that guy used to work for me and i yeah. love that dude yeah and he opened his mouth and right when he opened his mouth i was like holy shit that's dylan yeah and dude i was so excited it was i yeah. was like so fucking excited i was like yeah. oh my god and then i was interesting i was instantly like how long has he been back here what happened like yeah yada, yeah and uh so i look and i was like staring at him but trying not to stare at him yeah. and then uh i like look back down and as i look back down i had told them like that case me. and like he walks by and like jabs me in the shoulder and he goes hey i know you and i was like holy shit dude like one yeah. it made me feel good because i was like six years later i'm yeah. still like recognizable yeah, yeah one i'm wearing a hat at dinner but yeah. whatever um so he came back and he was like where do i know you from yeah and i was like you're dylan I'm Darren. Yeah. You used to work for that's me. That's the best part to me. Yeah. Just real quick. That's the best part is you telling him who he is. Yeah. And then this is who I am. Yeah. Like you're Dylan. I'm Darren. <laughs> you used to work for me at Cruz Amir. I was your I was your manager. It's like, oh, that place was such a whatever. He didn't have fond memories of it. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, yeah. I was like, dude, what's been going on? He's like, oh, I just moved back last year. He's like, I just bought a house in Clawson and uh this and that. And I was like, oh, cool. I was like, well, how was I got to talk to him for like two minutes. I was like, first of all, I have to get a picture because I wanted to send yeah. it to you because I was like, yeah. you're not going to fucking believe this. Um, but anyways, he was like, oh, New York was great. He's like, uh, I just got sick of constantly being broke. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that was my experience in New York too. Like yeah. the first three and a half years were a lot of fun. And then the last like two years I was there was not because you just get sick of like never having any money to do anything. Right. And he was like, yeah. So I just came back. He's like, I was there almost six years. I was like, yeah. I was like, it's about as long as I lasted, about mm-hmm. five and a half, you know, whatever. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but I've been back. He's like, I hang out here and there. He's like, we should go outside. I was like, yeah. So I got his number, gave him my number. And I was like, yeah, well, I'll just have to catch up and go out and whatever. And yeah. then he went and like was taking care of his tables. And then he like stopped by and brought and brought like shots for the whole table. Oh, he was working at Kona. He was working at Kona. Oh, yeah. I thought he was like there also eating. And during COVID, okay. I just went and busted up his table like, hey, dude, what's up? No, he was working. No, 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 no. Like, I thought you were sitting down. Yeah. And he, like, walked went by. to the bathroom or something and walked by. No, no, I no. didn't know he was working at yeah, Kona. Yeah, he was working at Kona. I'm going to have to go to Kona. Yeah, we'll have to go. Oh, my God, dude. But, yeah, my first question is, I was like, you're Dylan, I'm Darren, blah, blah, blah. And then he, like, he's like, oh, yeah, he's like, that place. And then he was, like, kind of trashing it because he didn't like working there. Yeah. And I was like, do you remember Zach Fortuna? And he's yeah. like, yeah. And I was yeah. like, we talk about you all the time. <laughs> I got... He, when you were telling me that, because I called you. Yeah. So I'm at Scott and Megan's. It's right. me, Scott, Megan, and Amanda. Uh, I think Amanda wasn't there yet. She was okay. out having dinner with her family or whatever, because they just bought a new spot in Rochester or whatever for cruise. So her parents strong armed her into going. Yeah. Um, as they normally do. Uh, <laughs> and when we pulled up, like we went to go do some shopping, they were doing like some Christmas shopping and whatever. We pulled up. And like mid conversation, I was telling them something and I don't even remember because I got the text from you and I'm like talking, whatever. And as I open it, it's a fucking picture. And I like stop and I just start laughing. And I'm, but it took it like legitimately probably like 30 seconds of just like, that's Darren. And here's a guy that I recognize. And like immediately it was like, that looks like Dylan, but like obviously older, whatever. And then I was just like, is it just a guy? Like, is Darren like trying to get one of like this is one of his buddies that looks like Dylan I'm or this or that? Him. Yeah, and then I just start laughing, and then eventually I'm 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 just gonna call you. And yeah. he answered like immediately or whatever. I'm like, is that Dylan? And you're like, yeah. 
and then we go into it and i like lost my mind and then uh, i was anticipating your call yeah yeah i knew that you were gonna call yeah yeah and then uh and then you told me the story or whatever and then you're like do you remember at you asking him if he remembered me and when he you were like he said yeah i was like oh yes yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It was like I had a little win there. Like yeah. I was so excited. Yeah. yeah. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah. It made my night. It was yeah. funny because the girls were laughing because they always want to take pictures and I never do. Yeah. And then, and then I'd begrudgingly like do picture time for like as limited of a time as I can. Like yeah. I was constantly trying to get out of it. And like the minute I saw Dylan, I like got my phone out. I was like, I have to get a picture. And they were like, look at you. I was like, dude, you don't understand. I'm yeah. So you don't even fucking get it. I'm so like, excited to see Dylan. And they were yeah. kind of like, they were like really blown away though. I was like so excited to get a picture with this dude. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I was like, but the tuna's gonna fucking die. And yeah. they were like, what? And I was like, whatever. Yeah. And uh, I sent it to you, and it took you like twenty minutes to see it. And yeah. then when you texted me, and then you instantly just called me. Yep. And then I was at the table like talking. I was like, yeah, dude, totally. Yeah. <laughs> fucking crazy. <laughs> but anyways, we went from there, and then we went to uh, Top Golf, and I, I kind of killed it at Top Golf, which was yeah. great. And I'm wondering if that's why my knee's bothering me. Because it was mm. fine, but then like after that, yesterday it was definitely sore, and the day before it was definitely sore. Today it's a little bit better, but yesterday was definitely just like gravel in the knee. And then now that I'm thinking about it, I'm wondering if it's because of the turn and pivot on the left knee. Seems like that would make sense. Yeah, and then of course I'm not smart, so you know there's no real warm up or anything because you're a top golf, and I hit hit like a handful, and then I was like, I bet you I can hit the back fence, <laughs> <laughs> smash down. But uh, it's the first time I went to top golf and didn't take my own clubs. Because yeah. it was overkill. It was Gabby's birthday, and there's six people, and nobody's really a golfer. And right. I didn't want to be that guy. Yeah. So I just used the top golf clubs, which was fine. It was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I did all right. Yeah, I hate, I hate that I hate that guy, because like I love playing pool. Yeah. And I have like a couple of my own pool cues, but yeah. I basically never bring them because I don't want to be that guy. Cause yeah. I, for whatever reason, I just think it's like this giant douchey thing. Yeah. And the only time I would ever do it um would be like when me and jared would go play because yeah. he would eventually get it or he eventually got his own cue and yeah, i remember when you guys used to play all the time yeah 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 there was oscars which is no longer oscars anymore but it's basically the same thing and it was just free pool basically you just buy drinks and whatever and we'd go there for like hours or whatever yeah. and then he'd get mad at me randomly here and there because i'd like do some dumb shit and it works out like he would teach me this and that and whatever and i would use it to my advantage successfully yeah and he was like this fucking stupid <laughs> i remember playing he's pool. a very highly competitive guy yeah the only time i played <laughs> pool with him was at the bowling alley when we went when he was dating danielle's friend and we carrie went, yeah it yeah. was the bowling alley yeah and then i remember playing pool with him and i remember him being like super serious super yeah. serious about bowling super serious about pool yeah whatever but i think it's funny that like someone who shows up with like a cart of discs and all this other stuff when you go to play disc golf that when you go to do other things bringing your own shit then makes you feel like a tool i know yeah yeah i i i I get, I got like that before, and then the thing that broke me of that was bowling. Yeah, because like I have a really nice bowling setup, and when I go to play, like throwing a house ball is just so frustrating. Yeah, so like when I go bowling, I take like the three ball bag, and I'm putting on my own shoes, and everybody's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. And I got like interchangeable thumb slots and all this other stuff, and they're like, "What the yeah. fuck?" And I'm like, "Dude, fuck you!" Like, yeah, I'm here to bowl. Yeah, Amanda's got that. Yeah. Like she, she's got her own shoes. She's got uh two balls and whatever like her whole setup and everything so when we go bowling i'm like like i'll pull it around for her yeah but it's her setup and then like i need the shoes and i need a fucking shitty house ball and yeah. whatever it's hilarious all right i gotta take a break real quick all right pee time welcome to intermission <laughs> 
And, and we're back. Yes. Nice. All right. Good so job. Real quick. I know that you have paperwork you want to get to, but I wanted to bring I'm something. I'm so excited about this. I want to bring something up quick before that. Yeah. This weekend dun, in dun, a dun. world. Um, so because of COVID, a kicker, did you see this? For the SEC, which is one of the Power Five conferences. So the SEC... Um, in football, has produced more national championships than any other uh, conference in the last meaningful amount of time. 30 mm-hmm. years, 40 years, whatever the fuck it is. Because you have like Alabama and all these other teams in the SEC and they dominate college football. Mm-hmm. So one of the teams in the SEC, their kicker got COVID. Mm. Or their backup kicker got COVID or whatever it is. Yeah. So they had an open tryout at the university for the kicker spot. Yeah. So the varsity women's goalie won the spot. Really? Yep. No shit. Yep. So for the first time, it had happened previously in like non-Power 5 conferences. I don't want to shit on anybody's athletic accomplishments. Yeah. But not in like one of the like premier conferences of college football. Like it has, they have had women kickers previously. Yeah. But this was the first time in like one of the... Like big conferences, like top tier NCAA football, that you had a woman um, play. Nice. So they had they had the the goalie from the women's team as the kicker. So in the second half, she did a kickoff, and she did a squid kick. So the squid kick. So you have different kicks, right? When they kick off, so yeah. one kick is like you just blast it through the end zone. Yeah. Right. Like you see on like Sunday, most of the time, they just blast it through the end zone because it right. limits the ability for the other team to get a run back. Um, you know, it just kind of like moves it down to the 20, right? And then they start from there and you just kind of pick up defensively from there. Yeah. If it's later in the game and there's not a lot of time left and you're trying to use up time on the clock, there's two things that you can do. One is... You try to kick it like as high in the air as you can and have it come down like right at the goal line. Okay. So that way they have to field the ball. They can't just count on it like going into the end zone and taking it at the 20. Mm-hmm. They have to field the ball as far back as possible and it gives your guys as much of a chance as possible to get down there. So then like it, maybe you'll get them behind the 20. Maybe you won't. Like maybe the yardage will be kind of a wash as if you had just kicked it out of the back of the end zone, but at least you'll use up some time. Mm-hmm. Um, or if the team's really bad at running the ball back, you'll do that. Just to kind of like, maybe you get them at the 10. Gotcha. So you're in a better position than just kicking it through the end zone. The other way, when it's kind of later in the game, and you're trying to use up time, is a squid kick. Mm-hmm. So you're, it's not the like, blast it up in the air, back to by the goal line. You're kind of kicking a line drive shot that's going to hit the ground and bounce all weird and oh okay, okay and okay, like okay. move along the ground and so like yeah. there's two guys in the back like waiting to catch the ball to run and when you do a squid kick you kind of get it in the middle of like the guys in the front that are going to block you as you're running forward and the guys in the back who are going to catch the ball mm-hmm. so it kind of hits in the middle of the middle of the two lines of people and then just kind of like bounces and flutters and whatever and a lot of the time you'll kind of get it to like flutter down and then go out of bounds mm-hmm. or if you get super lucky it'll like hit the ground go weird hit one of their guys bounce off of them and then be a live ball out on the field mm-hmm. and then your guys will recover it gotcha third kind of kick onside kick so the ball has to travel 10 yards 
or touch one of their guys, and then you can recover the ball yourself. Okay. So if Team A has the ball, Team B doesn't. If Team A kicks the ball, it goes past 10 yards, a guy on that team can then grab the ball, and it's their ball. Yeah. If he touches it before 10 yards, no. If the other team recovers it, no. Gotcha. Okay. So they pulled her out, and they had her do a squid kick. So mm-hmm. a squid kick is a skilled kick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The blast it out of the back of the end zone is just kick it as hard as you can. Right. Okay. So they had her do a squid kick. So she squid kicked it down the side. It went right over the front line, landed in between the two lines, bounced a couple times, went out of bounds. Mm-hmm. So she did it. SEC. Baller. I Nailed was super it. pumped when I heard about it. I was like, fuck yeah, yeah right? Because we just talked about this. Yeah. Like, why aren't there women kickers? Right. Um, yeah, so she kicked it and then just like literally went to the sideline, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which was great. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if they had her do a squid kick because there isn't really going to be a run back. So then they didn't have to worry about, like, is she going to tackle someone? Is she not going to tackle? You know what I mean? Like, is she going to get blocked? Like, any kind of weird stuff that might come up from, like, violent contact. Yeah. Right? It just eliminates that. Um, but it was very obviously set up to be a squid kick. So yeah. then afterward, I was, like, checking mm-hmm. it out. One, because I got bored at Top Golf. But then I was looking up, like, what was the thing or whatever. They had a bunch of people, like, shitting on it. Like, oh, she blew the kick. And it was like, oh, yeah. you don't watch football. Yeah. So like not only like you're not watching football, but you tuned into this to then post something shitty about a woman kicker. Yeah. Because if you watch football at all and know football, you would know that it was a squid kick. Yeah. That so is it's like very, a legit kick. She didn't just like top it or she's whatever it is. Aiming this way. Yeah. It's not like she was aiming to kick it down the field and then like put it over by the sideline low it yeah. wasn't that like you can see that when it happens yeah. it was it was very much like she ran this way kicked this way this is how the ball went it like was, how frequently do you think that a kicker is going for like up high as far as they can yeah. and it comes out like a squid kick never right never yeah right but because it was a girl then it was like oh she blew it she yeah. got this stage to do it and then she used this opportunity to like and she fucked it up yeah and it was like, like a, really bad, <laughs> right? Like incomprehensibly bad. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, that's really funny. I went to go throw a backhand and threw a sidearm instead on yeah. accident. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you like Richard did it, right? Like you just grip lock the shit out of this kick. Yeah. And uh, I just thought it was funny that like people are going to post like that's what they're going to post. Because it's like one, obviously you don't watch enough football to know that it was a squid kick. And two, like then why did you tune into this to then post about it? Mm-hmm. Like obviously you just have some kind of fucking issue. Yeah. Right. And you're like sweet a woman did something weird today i'm gonna go check it out and then like put something against it on there you know yeah seems legit yeah seems sweet and i was just like yeah awesome yeah you're probably getting all the ladies bro but uh i was super excited i i was super excited about it and i thought yeah i thought that's awesome cool yeah i thought it was like really really cool yeah that uh i didn't know what if she was gonna be like a field goal kicker or what she was gonna do but then she got to do the kickoff or whatever and i thought it was really cool Fuck yeah. Like, do I believe that she could have just kicked it out of the back of the end zone? Yeah. Yeah. But I think that, I don't know. I, I just think that, like, at the time they wanted to do a squid kick and she could do it. Mm-hmm. Who knows if the other guy could have? Because they, right. they didn't have their number one kicker. Yeah, so, but she did it. But she could do it. Yeah. So they're like, all right, we'll put her in so she can do the squid kick. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So if you watch soccer, right, like the goalie is usually one of the people that can kick the ball the farthest. Yeah. But they're also just not, it's not like little kid soccer. Like you're talking about NCAA Division One soccer. Mm-hmm. Like that goalie's not just like, when it's little kid soccer, they just run up and kick it as hard as they can to get it as far away from the goal as possible. And then hopefully their team gets it. But when you get into like high school, and definitely by the time you get into collegiate soccer, like the goalie's kicking the ball like 
to a specific point on the field that someone else is running to or is mm-hmm. already at. It's like right. a play. Yeah. It's not like a, hey, I'm just going to boot this and you guys try to get it. Right? Yeah. Like that doesn't even make sense. So yeah. the idea that like... He's got an agenda. Right. The idea yeah. that like this woman <clears throat> has got a college scholarship at a top program to like be able to... Like that's one thing that she definitely has to be able to do to do that. That then now because the ball isn't round, but it's not moving and there's no one coming at her. Like it's a kickoff. That like now all of a sudden she's like, oh shit, shanked it. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> and this guy on the internet was there to catch her. You know, like, yeah. way to go, buddy. Yeah, got her. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't yeah. let her get away with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you see it? I found it. Yeah. She fucked up and I pointed it out so everyone knew. I fucking nailed yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's going to know I'm on top of my shit. <laughs> Hashtag squid kick. And then yeah. the other thing that I wanted to bring up real quick is did you see the fight or anything about the fight? Uh, I didn't see it, but I heard that it was ruled as like a draw yeah. or something yeah. weird. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So it, it was a, it's a little bit of a weird setup. So the yeah. the commi- Mike, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. Yeah. fight. And the commission that sanctioned the fight would only sanction it at eight two-minute rounds. Mm-hmm. So regular fights are three-minute rounds. And you, you have some fights that are eight rounds, but most of the time it's 10 or 12. Um, so it was just because I guess pre- <coughs> previously there had been a fight that the, they had sanctioned that had like a guy coming back, mm-hmm. like who was in his fifties yeah. and they did, um, eight, three minute rounds. And then at the end of the fight, he had like health complications just due to exhaustion mm. because he hadn't been in the ring. He hadn't been like, it's, it's exhausting. Yeah. Um, and so he hadn't been in the ring. He hadn't performed athletically at that level. And then after the fight, like he didn't really get knocked around too badly. But then after the fight, he had a lot of like complications just due to the fact of like overexertion. Sounds like the bar challenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And all this stuff. And so then they were like, in the future, if something like that's going to come up, then they're just going to do two minute rounds. Okay. So that's why they changed the Allegedly. I mean, that at least was the marketing. Um, so that's why they changed it to two minute rounds. I think it was a good idea. After a while, I got to watch it. Like later on, I watched it on YouTube. I don't yeah. know if it's still up, but it was up for like this little period of time. Gotcha. Um, I got to watch it and I was glad it was two minute rounds. Yeah. Because otherwise, I think like you'd have a lot of hanging and huffing and puffing. You know, yeah. like it kept them at least fresh enough to have it interesting the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. How'd they look? Fine. They look yeah. fine. Yeah. I think Roy Jones Jr. looked better than everybody thought he was going to look, mm-hmm. which I don't understand. I think a lot of it is like people don't follow boxing. Yeah. So then it's like, oh, it's going to be Mike Tyson against Roy Jones Jr. And I I think that Roy Jones Jr. kind of diluted his excellence by continuing to box. Okay. Because Roy Jones Jr. I think right now is like 51. Mm-hmm. I think Tyson's 54. And yeah. I think Roy Jones Jr. is 51. Something like that. Roy Jones Jr. stopped professionally boxing like within the last three years. Gotcha. Tyson hasn't boxed in like 15 years. Right. But Roy Jones Jr. for a long time was pound for pound the greatest boxer on the planet. Mm-hmm. Like he went up some absolutely insane number of weight classes from like where he started to like all the way up. I don't know if he made. I don't know if he made it all the way to like heavyweight champ or light heavyweight champ. Or I know he was at least light heavyweight champ. I don't know if he went up. I think he went up and won the heavyweight belt. Okay. And he was trying to do what someone else had. Like he he was on um, Joe Rogan, and it's a great great one to listen to yeah but he was talking about he wanted to go up to heavyweight and then come back to something and uh he said the hardest part is coming back because putting on muscle putting on weight putting on muscle putting on weight and then cutting the muscle and weight to come back down he's like it's really hard yeah he's like so this guy had done it historically and he wanted to do it 
And he said the hardest part was coming back down. Yeah. But he had won titles in all these fucking different weight classes. And like natural build, he was one of the smallest guys to ever win a heavyweight title. Yeah. And uh, he just dominated. Yeah, he wasn't as big as I thought. Like, not that he isn't big, but yeah. when he was sitting there with Rogan, like Rogan is big. Jacked. Yeah. yeah compared to him. Yeah. Like, and, he's, was like, and he's kind of fat now. Yeah. Like, he'll even say that. Like, he's, he's right. definitely, like, kind of fat now. But back in the day, like, he was um, he was definitely, like, one of the best showmen in boxing because he would just make you look dumb and then knock you the fuck out. <laughs> like, he would, like, fight with his hands down and, like, stand there and, like, yeah, let you swing at him, and he would, and you'd like never be able to hit him, and he'd just yeah. stare at you and talk shit, and then like yeah. bah, 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 and like light yeah. you the fuck up. Yeah. Um, but later in his career, he didn't stop boxing, so he took a bunch of like shitty losses, mm-hmm. just because like I don't think he rested enough in between losses. He wanted to keep fighting because like he is one of the only people that like acted as his own promoter, so he could just take whatever fights he wanted. He didn't have to deal with like his promotion company dealing with their promotion company, or whatever. Yeah. He just took the fights that he wanted, and so I think like being as um dominant as he was for long enough his hubris and self-confidence was a little high so even though like his skills were deteriorating he's still like yeah i'll fuck that guy up yeah and he wouldn't and then after that fight he would just want to get back to like win again to like prove that that was a fluke and like he kind of put himself in a shitty spot gotcha and then there was a few fights that he had where it was like dude you should stop boxing yeah because like he had slowed down enough and he couldn't take a punch the way that he used to be able to gotcha not that he ever was like you know like um once you get knocked out and your brain learns like if i just go out i can stop the punishment your brain learns that right so there's a thing of like never being knocked out and then once you get knocked out like your ability to not yeah. get knocked out is much less yeah i think what was it chuck liddell was one of them yep yeah chuck yeah. liddell was a big one uh yeah. ronda rousey was one there's been a bunch of fighters in boxing there's been a bunch of fighters that like yeah that's why it's so crazy when you're when you have like two totally undefeated boxers fighting each other mm-hmm. because neither one of them neither one of them neurologically have learned like if I just go to sleep this will stop and it's a right. tricky thing because there's no way to unlearn that right so he had some shitty like he got hit with a shot that shouldn't have knocked him out and then he was like Ooh, you know yeah but uh, yeah the, I thought the fight was pretty good and uh, they both actually looked better than I thought. In terms of like fatigue and speed and whatever, yeah. Um, but besides that, the fight worked out basically what it was going to be. You gotcha. Know, like, I don't know. Neither one of them were going to come out and be thirty-five years old, right? You know? So it was good. The yeah. fight before that was had a, like a gruesome knockout, which everybody like made memes about and all this other stuff with Nate Robinson and Jake Paul or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple memes that I saw. I didn't see that fight either. I just heard about it, yeah. but there was a. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I, I'm a I'm a big fan of like really shitty memes. Like Photoshop is like I just learned how, like how to use the crop tool and all this stuff and yeah. just put it places. Like I love them just because of how bad they are. Yeah. And there is just a few. Um but I can't remember them entirely, otherwise I would explain them more. But I don't know. I I've seen them yeah. floating around for sure. Yeah. yeah. It was scary. Yeah. It was scary. Like being a being a fight fan for as long as i've been like it's it was scary yeah and i just look at um you know like i saw a thing like you don't play boxing right you know what i mean like yeah. you're not out there playing boxing there's no right. like we're just gonna do this like yeah. you, you're you're really taking a risk because it's not only the shot that you take it's how you fall yeah and that's always the thing with like street fights like rogan gets into it and it's been my theory my whole life um like i'm never gonna punch someone in a fight mm-hmm. because like I could be jeopardizing my entire future by how they fall. 
If like, yeah. let's just say I get lucky and I connect right and they just fall backwards wrong, like they could die. Yeah. Because you fall from standing to the ground, hit the ground wrong, slam your brainstem. Like, yeah. you know, and it happened in Michigan when I was young, when I was in high school, like these two guys at Lapeer or something got in a fight. One guy fell and hit the curb and like, that was it. He was dead. Yeah. From like a bullshit high school fight. Yeah. Um, so like the scary part isn't only like how hard you got hit, but then how you fall. And yep. he got hit and like, cause he kept leading with his face. And then he came forward on his face and the guy just timed it up. He had already timed him mm -hmm. once, but kind of caught like the back of his head, which was a little bit of a shitty shot. And like they didn't, I don't think that they handled the protocol right when he got hit. Cause it's called a rabbit punch when you get hit on the back of your head. Yeah. He clearly got hit on the back of his head. So it hits your brain differently. And like your response neurologically is different and it impairs your motor skills. So usually if you get hit in the back of the head to where you're getting knocked down and you're like struggling to get off the canvas, like they can call the fight for that. And it's a draw. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it was like an it was an illegal hit, unintentional illegal hit that caused the damage. It'd be like if you got a headbutt and you guys like split his eye open and they had to stop the fight because of the eye getting split open, you don't lose. Yeah. You know, like it's it's incidental contact. So he got hit with that rabbit punch on the back of his head. The reason it's illegal is because it's unsafe. Yeah. Your brain's not made you're like your head's not made to take that shot. Right. Um, so he just got up and they just kept going on with the fight. So once I saw that, I was ready like all right, cool. Like yeah. one, neither one of these guys are professional fighters. Yeah. So they don't know, you know what I mean? And their corners, like no one was like, Hey, like fighting, like Nate Robinson is just like, Oh, I just want to keep going. Like he just didn't want to lose. Um, but then they kept going and like, he was already, his style wasn't, was like prone to him getting knocked the fuck out. Cause he kept coming forward <laughs> with his face. <laughs> yeah. But after that, he was like a little bit slower and just that little bit slower allowed the other guy to time him up. So right as he came in with his face, that guy came in with a shot and just, really sent the lights out and then yeah. he fell like flat down on his face nice and then he was out like not moving unconscious for like two and a half three minutes then they came out with Jeez. smelling salts they got him up with the smelling salts and then they sat him up and put him on a stool mm -hmm. which like you just don't do like if yeah. you, like if you don't move for that long yeah like when they wake you up it should be a real slow come to yeah like, they don't like wake you up and like hurry up to get you on a stool and the reason that they're doing that is because they don't want it to look bad right but it's not safe. You know what I mean? Like you could have like real damage and whatever. So when I saw it, I was just kind of like, this is why like you don't have non-boxers boxing. You know what I mean? Like full force yeah. in this situation because like you're just lending yourself to like some kind of, you know, tragedy. Yeah. And I just felt bad for Nate Robinson. And I was just like, I don't know if this is going to impact their ability to do this again in the future. Right. Because a lot of people are like, yeah, you got knocked the fuck out. That was awesome. But anybody that actually knows boxing is going to be like, God, oh, that's shit. real dicey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, all you need is somebody to get fucked up. Like, that was always the big thing with MMA when MMA was getting started is, like, if someone really gets hurt or killed, it's going to shut down the whole sport. Yeah. Because, like, people are instantly, because they don't have these big padded gloves, are thinking, like, this is crazy dangerous. Yeah. And uh, the first couple UFCs, when it was, like, no weight classes, no whatever, there were a couple gruesome injuries, and people were like, Oh my god! And then yeah. at the end, it's like, well, over the stats, like it's much safer than boxing. Yeah, yeah. It's always funny to think like worrying about safety in like an entirely violent sport. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's I was thinking like you should have one sport where like everything's legal. Yeah, like if it's the XFL or arena football or whatever. Like let's yeah. just not lie about it, yeah. right? And like let's just be totally open with it. So like bodybuilding, right? Like they all use steroids and HGH and insulin dope and yeah. You know, all no, the, they all have insulin problems. All this other stuff. Yeah. And everybody's just like, no, they don't. And you're like, okay, cool, whatever. Yeah. You know, like, 
nobody cares. It doesn't yeah. matter if these guys want to like die at 28 from a heart attack because they want to be gigantic. Yeah, go for it. And I think you should have, have a, at it. I think you should have like a sport where people interact with each other that is that sport. Yeah. So for like a long time, it was baseball. And you had like just roid rage everywhere. People throwing bats at each other and just like, ab- <laughs> really? Oh yeah, oh just absolute God. nonsense. When you had like, you know, McGuire and uh, Sosa just knocking out seventy home runs a year, and everybody's yeah. like a fucking ape. You know, yeah. like everybody just turned a blind eye and they're like, well, whatever. You yeah. know. But I think that you should have a contact sport, whether it's like arena football or what, where it's just like, yeah. If you want to go in, roid it out to your fucking like. Yeah, because at least at that point, it's even. Everybody knows it's even. Yeah, yeah. it's a e- it's a level playing ground. Yeah. And you go out there and do whatever it is that you need to do. Ooh. But I think it would be good. And I would tune in every week. I think a lot of people would. <laughs> it would be amazing. Yeah. That'd just, be. Just watching people like right on the edge mm-hmm. of like total fucking like. Yeah. You just get James Harrison. He's like, yeah, I'm good with football. I'm I want to go do that. Yeah. yeah. I'm back. Oh, my God. Yeah. But that that was uh, the, the Jones Tyson fight was good. But the other one, I just thought like it's just irresponsible. Yeah. It just seemed irresponsible. Yeah. You know, and you're like, what are the lasting impacts of that? I don't know. Yeah. Like high risk, high danger. Yeah. For no good reason. Right. For no yeah. for like a promotion or whatever it is. And yeah. like Nate Robinson doesn't need the money. Yeah. I don't think Jake Paul needs the money. Yeah. I think Jake Paul's doing it because he's trying to like legitimately get a fighting career going because he had fought someone else before too. Mm-hmm. Um and I think Nate Robinson was like, he's been a really good he's been really good at everything he's ever done. So he's like, Why wouldn't I be really good at this? Yeah. But there's a difference between like I learned how to box and I'm a boxer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so he learned, he, he, he learned that, but yeah, it was just kind of unsettling to watch. Right. But was cheesy. All right. What's your sheet? So this is the sheet that Rob kind of made us. This is something that him and Will were working on before we came up with the legendary 18. So mm. he gave this in confidence that we can see this and use parts of this okay yeah because i posted it in discord and he was like here's something for you and then i posted it for it and he's like dude it's just for you and i'm like i'm sorry i had like a brain fart yeah um so this is 109 courses just in the southeast michigan area okay and it's like the course name where it's at and then like all these stats like there's there's the end of it um hopefully you can read it it's like yeah but the two point font the category the categories are on the top one I mean, I'll just go fuck myself. You already spent some time with this. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think this would be a good starting point. Um, even if it was all the courses in this used for it, or just a percentage of these courses used in doing an 18 God put damn, together. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And he's got plenty more. This is just... he. <laughs> He hit a button for like just Southeast Michigan, and then it was just all these ones. And it's from like, I don't. It, I, I was really. It looks like the farthest, farthest one away is sixty-seven miles. Yeah. So we could expand this out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So we we have a starting point, and then I was trying to think of a way to do it, and one of them, um. Will was also doing the same thing, so I'm not going to take credit for, but but like a polling system, yeah, which I think is part of what I was thinking in the first place, anyways. So like, even if your only interaction isn't even really like talking about it, it's just like I do all the work for you, and you just like click which one makes sense to you, yeah. Um, so like it was a poll of like, 
best whole one of like and then i list these courses or yeah. whatever or x amount of courses whatever the hell it is and then they can just pull that way and then boom we have whole one and then go from there so are you thinking on the dream 18 that it has to be equivalent to the number on the course that it's on like the best hole one, the best hole two, the best hole three, or are we just taking 18 random holes and making no, a no, course No, 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 no. I'm thinking hole, like hole two at Toboggan can't be a substitute for hole one for the legendary 18. So if you want in the legendary 18, oh, hole two. Oh, I was something different. Mm. Okay. So like hole one is going to be a hole one. Yes. Hole two is going to be yes. a hole two. Yes. So we're not just playing the best 18 holes. No. Oh, that was the. What do you want to do? Because that—that was my thinking. Was like hole one of the eight, legendary eighteen scorecard. Yes, course, whatever is a hole one on whatever, but it has to be hole one. I see what yes. you're saying. Yes, mm. yes, not like because these, are, these are the best eighteen holes, and it's just gonna be these eighteen holes basically yeah that's what i was thinking yeah you're thinking this is the best hole one this is the best hole two right right uh, yeah a little bit different yes a little bit different yeah i thought that the hole on the dream 18 was arbitrary gotcha and you're saying it's not yeah it's actually gonna yeah like hole one out of like all these courses what hole one is going to be this hole one okay yeah okay which I still like more than I, I get. I get that. Either way. Yeah. This is easier to put an 18 together. Yeah. Than just the best 18 holes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Yeah. And I not that we can't do it the other way at some point too. Yeah. No, I think I think this is good. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. Because this is some like I've been working a lot on Discord lately. Again, yeah. we still gotta get. Maybe I'll just make you get it today. Yeah. I'll download Discord on your laptop for we'll you. See. Yeah. Or on your phone. Or and and on your phone as well just so you can mm. be in there as well because it'd be weird like i'm doing all this and then the other guy i'm doing this with isn't even <laughs> on discord he's busy making floors yeah <laughs> doing all sorts of whatever um yeah but either way i spent probably eight hours going through youtube channels subscribing to literally any like whether i know them or not and like I, there's channels where it's like i don't subscribe to them and i know them and it's just like i don't like the content or whatever the fuck it was at the time and i subscribe to them all because i one i need to do it so i can stay updated with it um but also to stay updated with it and filter everything through discord i have to be subscribed so like writing i'm writing code um i basically have it so anytime and so you have like one through ten youtube channels and you can get updated through YouTube itself and then or 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 you can have it update through Discord so you don't get like 10 different notifications like individually from the channels themselves but they all get updated through Discord so you don't have to get these notifications from there so everything's filtered into one text channel in Discord so it's just like just connecting taking all these dots and just putting them into like one thing like all weekend and I think I have like all of them yeah so that way every time i go and at least for myself and maybe for other people that want to stay like more up to date with anything disc golf related that's being updated on youtube it's all like in this spot and then yeah. you can just like click and watch from there or whatever so i spent a good chunk of time like working on that and then also trying to figure out what it was that i wanted to do 
and then I was talking to Rob and he was showing because I wanted to see like how he broke everything down. I was really because he does everything really well yeah. and it all makes sense every time I see it. I was just curious to see like here's what I have in my head. What's Rob gonna do differently? And then when I got this, I was like, okay, he's got a little more information and all this yeah. makes a lot of sense and it's awesome. Um, so that's gonna be like the first step of now I can just go try to figure out what like are we gonna use this list of courses are we gonna try to expand more or is this just a good starting point just to like have something to work with because we have 109 courses here yeah so like even if it's listing (laughs) however many it is the most being all 109 we can figure out i think a whole one from here i don't know like i'm trying to figure that out but i'd like to get the ball rolling yeah and like at least if we say we have a whole one for like this legend now we have 17 holes left yeah and we've we've started it yeah um which I think would be cool, and I really want to do. So, yeah. I would think, <coughs> for me, in the thought process of what we had talked about before, I think you'd make whole one. An important part to that whole one is making it a son of a bitch to start over. Yeah. Because, like, I instantly think of whole one at Toboggan for whole one. Yeah. Because I think, like... Your ability to go out, play hole one, <laughs> fuck it up, and then be like, fuck it, I'm going to restart. Yeah. Is a zero. Right. One, because it's always busy. Yep. And two, at that point, you're going to do what? Play hole one and then play hole two back up the hill? Yeah. And then start over on hole one? Yeah. All right. Even if you yeah. do that, like, that's still a giant pain in the ass. Right. Right. Like, way more than, like, if it was at any other course and you fuck up hole one. Right, like you drove all the way out there and then you fucked up hole one. You could easily just drive, like walk back to hole one and start over. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then just be like, oh, I was just playing a warm up. Yeah. Right. Because like when I go to Stony, I play like one, two, and three to warm up. Yep. And then I start back over on one. So I could yeah. just keep doing that until I nailed one and then be like, oh, no, this is the round I'm playing. Yeah. And that was kind of my thing with hole one. We're like at Toboggan, you're not going to do that. Yeah. And every time I think of hole one, that's like the one that pops into my mind, like yeah. the strongest. Yeah. Because like you hole. throw that hole one. You're in, dude. You're playing the course, right? Right. Like at that point, like you know, nine, <laughs> at least eight times out of ten, like there's people behind you. Yeah. And you're like, you're in. You're already in and going. Yep. You know. And like, I guess, yeah. If you're gonna play hole two and then be like, oh, we're gonna start over something like that, like, okay. Odds are, you know, you play that course all summer. That it's in. You you might be able to. You'll get a two on it, one of the times. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But. It, you're gonna you're gonna have to work for it right you know i think like for me that would be the thing because i've been thinking about like well, what makes a good this what makes a good that and i think earlier the earlier in the course it is like specifically hole one is the trickiest one to pick because mm-hmm. after that like you know hole two yeah you can make it to where it's kind of a pain in the ass but then it's a little bit more obvious of like oh i was just playing you know like we were just playing and then i fucked up hole two and i decided to start over because i fucked up hole two yeah it's it's a little bit more obvious as opposed to like playing hole one and then just playing hole one again. Yeah. It's like, well, we just and that was something here. I've kind of like mulled over where it's like, I mean, if you're going to restart, I like the idea of having hole one be like a son of a bitch. So like if you're going to keep restarting hole one. Yeah. You're gonna well, if you're it. willing to. Yeah. you're To me, I can appreciate yeah. that. But obviously, like if we're going to depending on when we do it, we can't do it now. Right. And we can only do that when toboggans in. Um, 
what hole would that be if we do it without hole one or without having toboggan be a part of the factor at least like for now and then the other thing too is like if you're going to keep restarting like it's harder to do later on in the round because part of the stipulation is you have to play the whole round you have to play the whole round and then the other thing too that i'd like to have is you have um at least through discord is where you have to like submit everything i don't want it to be submitted through like this way this way and this way i want it to be in like one spot like all the information like we can put all the information out on everything but if you're going to be a part of it and like your where your league is being ran is through discord so it has to be submitted through there and then it has to be you have at least another person with you that can be like, yeah, this is what we shot, or this is what he shot, and I was there with him. So it's not you're going out there by yourself. Yeah. Because okay. I think yeah. that going out by yourself is going to make it dicey. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think uh, I think out of Toboggan, the hole that I would want to use at Toboggan would be hole one. Right. Because any of the other holes, like, I don't know. I don't think that you're really getting the bang for your buck of toboggan for solving an issue like you were for hole one. Yeah. Because yeah. hole, like, I mean, there's a couple other holes out there that like might be better holes, let's say. Yeah. But not, I think, I think for sure. Yeah. But, but not by a lot, but like a starting hole. That's going to be the son of a bitch. Yes. Like it's the only one that I can think of. Yeah. Like, I don't know, maybe hole one at stony, but like even still like, yeah, I don't think so. Because you can just lap around. Right. Like, you just walk out and then you just yeah. walk back. Well, you're still playing, like, bigger holes. You're still exerting all this whatever. It's not like hole one at Holly or something. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Are you performing surgery on your hand? Yeah, I have this callus that I'm, like, just... Trying to tear off? At. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So you can grow a new one? Yeah. 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 I'm trying to make it bi- bigger, better, and stronger. Nice. Yeah. So, anyways, like, yeah, we have, like moving forward now so like yeah. it's act, it's starting to almost become a thing and then once like hole one like is decided then it is a thing and then moving forward yeah it'll be easier to pick i think like just getting it started for us and like all the other people that are going to be a part of it too hopefully yeah. um i think the hard the hardest ones are gonna be the first three yeah because those three are going to set one they're going to set the tone and two those are the ones that are like the biggest like bullshitters yeah. Because by the time you get to the fourth hole, like, are you really going to go out and play four holes and then go back and play four holes? And Right. So I think it's the first three where you're really trying to, like, lock in the challenge. You know what I mean? And also have it in a way that, like, it's going to be really difficult to do that. Yeah. Kind of like bullshitting. You still could, but it's you're going to have to work for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think... Because even practicing hole one at Toboggan... Is really a pain in the ass. Oh yeah. Even if you're out there, cra- even practicing basically any of the holes out there yeah. is a pain in the ass. Yeah. Like practicing 15, I had Fred, and even still, him just chucking the discs back to me, still is like a good amount of work. Yeah. And it was just throwing the tee shot over and over and over and over, and then finally being like, okay, like I got it and whatever, and still like I'm gonna rifle off another five just to get like five in a row. Yeah. exactly how i want and everything um yeah 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 Wygren put up a thing about hole two this week on facebook at toboggan about, about hole two at stony blue being the best hole two okay that's what he had said interesting he said because you have to choose your route off the t-pad and then 
you have to choose your second shot. Mm-hmm. And depending on how well you executed that first shot, leaves you in good or dicey. Yeah. And then you have to commit to that. And he's like, if you totally go ham bananas, you can get a three on it. Oh, yeah. Um, but you still have to commit and execute to get the four. Mm-hmm. And if you don't commit and execute, it can really knock the shit out of you. Yeah. And I was thinking like, yeah, I like that hole too. I yeah. like hole two at Stony as a hole for the Dream 18 better than I like hole one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, me too. Like when I'm thinking of hole two, hole two there stands out to me yeah. like immediately almost every time. Yeah. Because yeah. that hole two, like I have had so many like drop in fours. Yeah. And I've also taken a seven on it multiple times. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, just like yeah. legitimately. Because yeah. Because if I cut that corner off the drive and then get like a sweet second shot to where I'm up by, like the top of the hill. It's an easy four. Yeah. If I throw the outside route or if I throw the inside route and I catch something, the minute I catch something, I know like I'm going to scramble to try to get a five. Mm-hmm. And the outside route, if I just throw the big dumb hyzer to start, that second shot's tricky. Yeah. It's like a flip. Like you can't really throw a flex. Like, you know, and then I could end up ripping hyzers into branches right in front of me. Right. Over and over down the right side. Um <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was thinking like that's not that that's happened before, but in a tournament or anything. Yeah. Um, but I think like okay, that's like a cool hole too. The other thing with it being a hole too is, is if you're going to start over, then you have to play one and two again. Right. It's not like oh, like you know, even cast. Yeah. Right. So like cast hole two is a it's a cool hole. That's mm-hmm. a cool hole too. Um, but like one's a nothing. I mean, yeah. not, it's not like a nothing hole, but it's a nothing effort. Yeah. Like you're throwing, even if you hit the tree eight times, like. You're just walking up 300 feet. Right. It's kind of bumpy. No big deal. Get to two, throw two, fuck up two. Even if you like loop back around, it's really not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. And I think like Stony, like, yeah, then you're going to play one again. And you know what I mean? And Stony, same thing. Like Stony's usually kind of busy. Like, you know, it's, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. So yeah, I like, I like that. I like that hole too. I haven't thought of like a whole bunch of other ones, but when he posted it on Facebook, I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hold, if I was going to take one out of Stony Blue, it would probably be hole two. Yeah. Because it's the hardest one. For sure. Yep. Yeah. I'm excited. So yeah. I'll spend some time later today mulling <laughs> around with this and trying to figure out the best way to kind of like put it together and just kind of get some feelers out there. Yeah. The thing is, I don't know a lot of the courses. Like if there's a hundred, well, yeah. if there's 109 courses. Well, yeah. yeah. And then that's also true. So like if our reach reaches into a group of people where they do know these courses and for some like uh i don't know hole three at i don't know like mint pingree or whatever like becomes a thing yeah well we have to go travel and we one we get to play a brand new course and two like we're playing for this yeah and testing our skill set on top of all that too so it allows us an opportunity to play new courses because this was something too that i looked at and thought it'd be really cool to just like go down the list and just like play each course or like if we've played it already you skip to the next course yeah and then you could check off like all these would be kind of cool. I think it'll be funny right when you get out there. You're like, yeah, no holes are going to go on this. <laughs> yeah. You know, like right when you like when we went out to Charlotte, Michigan, like right yeah. when we parked the car, I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Like, you know, at that point, none of the holes are going to make the course. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's totally fine. Yeah. Then you still and play then the you course. Just, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think that'd be funny. You pull up and you're like, oh, yeah, no, nothing's going yeah. on here. You pull up and it's just fucking Civic Center. Yeah. Oh, you. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. all righty. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe like the cumulative could all pick like a whole one at Civic Center just to fucking troll. Yeah. Just be like, you. And then a good score is an ace. Yeah. <laughs> That'll like, I you, don't know. 
another hole one that I really like. Obviously, Tabang is my number one pick for hole one mm-hmm. because of all the other factors of like what a pain in the yeah. ass it is to restart and everything else. I think that that's a clear winner. And it's yeah. one of the greatest starting holes in disc golf. Yeah. Blind, 62-foot drop-off, right? Yeah. Like the whole thing. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yep. Um, but another hole one that I really like is Indy. Yeah. 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 Because could you to it? I don't know. Yes. Yes. Could you? You, can, you, you legitimately can do that hole. The likelihood. Yeah. It's one of those, it's not impossible, but improbable yep. things. And you got to really yeah. go for it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But even, <laughs> even getting the three isn't like the first time you go out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've threed it a handful of times. Yeah. By a handful, I mean like three. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah even, that fits in the handful. Yeah. Getting the three is a, is a tricky bitch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that'd be fun. It's funny to think about it like that way. Like, all right, so what about X? What about A? What about F? How does that fit into 18? At Indy? Yeah. So if, mm. if you were going to choose. Well, like, technically Indy has two courses now. Yeah. So you could do whatever the loops are, or we could come up with them and make the two courses and have them be as they are. But like, however, the like hole one through 18 and this is the weird thing so like when you start hole or the second course yeah where is that starting point do you walk all the way down the fairway and x1 is the start of it i think you'd have to yeah just because like like the two courses there are identified by numbers and letters yeah basically so like that that's just what it is a is 14 yeah 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 what about uh what if i wanted to use hole 23 at river bends i don't know we'll have to figure it out yeah because that'd be a hard thing or if you wanted to use hole 24 at uh addison yeah maybe I don't know. We'll have to brainstorm, but it, I don't know. The one thing that doesn't make too much sense, but like if you if it were you have your one through eighteen, and then after that, so hole nineteen, which is hole one, and Riverbend twenty seven holes. So then nineteen is then one. So you have a one through nine course, and then that's it. So those holes are only eligible for one through nine, and if they don't fit there, they don't fit there. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. But then you could also do off a of ten. Yeah. 10 through 27 is an 18. Right. Who yeah. knows? We'll have to figure all that out. Yeah. And see, I see don't know. how it goes. I'm sure the end product will be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, I think it's going to work out and be something cool. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just excited to fuck it up. Yeah. I'm excited uh, to go out there and try to fucking kill it. Yeah. I'm excited for others to go out there and just fuck it up and just be pissed. And yeah. hopefully that like the other people are hold, holding those people accountable because it's not going to be like 100% what it is like meant to be like i'm sure there's people that are gonna like do whatever but hopefully not to like just like cheat the system in whatever way like you got your but like if we go out and like i or you or like we're just gonna throw an extra on seven or whatever because i know i can get a better shot and then i try to use that as whatever you're gonna be like dude you can't do that i know that's gonna happen between us like you can't do that i want that to be this to hold true for anybody else who participates. Yeah. Yeah. 
Why would you? Yeah. I, I can't see that coming up because I would think like when we're out there playing like that hole specifically, there's just going to be no other shots. Right. You're just going to throw your shots yeah. for that, that hole. It's one hole. Yep. So for that hole, like there's no second drives, there's no reputs, there's no nothing. Like, yeah. You're going to do it. I just think it's going to be, it's going to add such a dynamic to your casual round when you just drove an hour and a half and then you fuck up the drive on hole 12. Yeah. And then you're like, God damn it. Like, are we going to play a yeah, second I think, round? I think it's going to force you to be more serious just about your round in general. Yeah. Because like if you're out there, like we just drove an hour to go play whatever the fuck course yep. for just hole 14, say. Yep. Well, it wouldn't make sense to be like all derpy, like all the way up. And then it's like, all right, 14. Like I got no, my cart. Right. I got my like chalk bag. I got all my towels. I got all 17 of my monster juniors. Yeah. What could go wrong? And then you throw your shot and then it's just fucked up. Yep. I think leading up to that, it's you're basically just warming up all these holes, taking it all seriously because you're there just for that hole. Yeah. And then you still have four holes after that to fin- for that to be eligible. Yep. And then when that's done, you take that, like, you screenshot whatever your um, U-Disc scorecard and then throw it up in Discord. Yeah. And then whoever you're playing with can respond to it. Like, yeah, this is, like, this is the submission or whatever. And then if you want to go back, or, like, or you don't want to submit it, and then you want to play another round, and then that, exactly that, you have to play a whole another round to yeah. to get that score. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think it'll be sweet. Yeah. I'm excited about yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah, the biggest thing is just getting hole one like in actuality. Yeah. I think it's I gonna think be the I, next big step of like this is becoming a thing. Yeah. yeah. I think you're just gonna have a hard time beating hole one at toboggan. Yeah. And the thing But we're gonna have to beat hole one at toboggan because hole one at toboggan can't be a thing. At least right now. Like if we're mean? gonna do like early next year, like in the spring or something. Yeah. Or maybe like a smaller one throughout winter. Like maybe I know I'm not prone like today and tomorrow are like super shitty days like yeah. we finally got snow that stuck for a little while um but like i'm down like if we're able to make it in the winter i'm down to go and play even if like it's going to be unlikely that i play multiple rounds yeah and in like multiple days or whatever in like the really bad cold and everything but i i would like to just because adverse conditions and we talk about trying to play in the rain all the time. Yeah. Um, and just getting those reps in, I, I'm, I'm game for yeah. if there's enough others out there and it's not just like me doing it because competition with me, well, whatever I can shoot, whatever. And I win. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. I won again. Yeah. I took an eight every time <laughs> I played the hole for the course. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think you could do a dry run of like a nine hole course. Yeah. Just of the courses, like, somewhat around here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, whole, whole one. Yeah, you could you, you could easily throw it together. Yeah. Like, within the... We'll see. 10 courses or 15 courses that are, like, within 25 minutes. We'll see. I'm going to I'm gonna take this and see what I can come up with and kind of mess around with. And What would you use from Cass? Cass, probably hole three. Yeah. Yeah, I think three. Not just because it's a giant hole, but it's a really cool hole that's laid out really well that's also... Difficult difficult yeah yep. because elevation and because it's not like it might look like it's wide open it's not yeah yeah if you turn it over yeah. yeah yeah if you're too high too hyzer too flippy like you read the wind wrong bad can happen pretty quick yeah 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 hole three is pretty sweet and then the green where the basket's at is dicey yep because it is on a hill and there it does slope yeah there is water and it does slope to the water yep <laughs> I don't think I've ever gone in that yeah. water. 
I've seen yeah. some valuable discs fly into that water and wonder, yeah. what were you doing? Yeah, I've gone into that water. I think I've got my discs back more times than not, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's a smell over there, too. Yeah. There is, is a smell. There yeah. is a smell. Yes. Are we ready for some, some question board? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do some question board. Okay. Can you read it? Yeah. Okay. The nice, di- dude. The disc golf flipping and collector market with all the big drops during the Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend. What is your opinion on the resale market and what is the most you are willing to pay for a disc? Okay. So the what I'm most willing to pay for a disc at this point in my life is different than it has been in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, like I said, I've paid... 90 something dollars for a disc on accident <laughs> and it was a dumbass move where i was trying to like bid up a disc on ebay that had been going like hotcakes it was a ce firebird yeah um super sweet one and it was like boom 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 yeah and i like i was watching it and i was like damn and then like i threw in a bid literally just to like keep it going yeah and like it went from like i put in my thing and then it was like fucking crickets yeah. And there was like a day plus <laughs> left. And I was just watching like, come on. Anybody, Somebody's got to put in a somebody a and dollar n- more. Nobody else bid. Yeah. And so I got to buy a CE Firebird for like $93 or something stupid as fuck. Nice. Um, it was one of the nicest Firebirds I'd ever seen. And I was like happy to have it. I was yeah. like, cool. Um, and then I sold it last year for, I think, 80 bucks Mm -hmm. um i sold like i gave brad a whole bunch of my discs to sell the collector discs just because i was running out of room for them whatever i was like i just don't want them anymore yeah um and there was shit that i wanted to buy disc golf wise and i was trying to manage my disc golf budget to my disc golf stuff yeah just to do it and so i sold a bunch of discs and it all kind of worked out even from what i had paid for them but it was because i had like some 10-year buzzes in there Gotcha. If there were not tenure buzzes in there, my collector discs, when I went to sell them, I would have lost on almost, I lost on almost all of them. Yeah. First run pigs, you know, the, um, that firebird. I had some other like collector discs in there that I sold <clears throat> and, uh, I definitely got less for all of them than I paid for them except for the tenure buzzes and the gotcha. tenure buzzes. I just got like stupid money for, Yeah. which then like because made buzzes because they're tenure buzzes. Yeah. Um, which made it like work out in some way but it definitely like solidified in my brain that like when i'm buying a disc to collect it i'm buying a disc to collect it for me because it means something to me yeah and that's what i'm spending the money yeah you're investing in history but like the same you would as if you're collecting t-shirts or a sword yeah or like cars that aren't collectory right like (laughs) you're literally just collecting it because it's some it means something to you yeah. It's not in any way an investment or something that you're going to get anything out of other than like the happiness you get from collecting. Yeah, and that's, I would say, most collector stuff. It's not like, I know you don't follow magic cards, but magic cards are legitimately like a form of currency where you can invest and you ha- you accumulate a shit ton of wealth depending on how much you're willing to put into it and how long you put yeah. like all this money into it or whatever. Um, the collector market... I know my th- my a lot of my friends thought process on this and I fall into it too. Um but I I get it. I get the collectorness or the collector market. Um but what I don't get is like there's two I don't know. It, to me it's always like people always have their wires crossed to me cuz yeah. like people are trying to get stuff because it's going to 
I see it as them buying a first run destroyer, a get freaky zone, a 10 year buzz. Cause it's going to better their game. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Like I, I understand why this, why these discs are worth X amount of money for the most part. Like if they're first runs and they're discs, they're, they're molds that are thrown, like they're popular, like yeah. first run destroyers make sense that they are what they are because it's a popular disc. It's not like a first run crate or Corvette or whatever. Right. Um, but getting like the first run version of it just to throw it because it's the best one. Yeah. Well, I feel like you could also find one that flies very similarly for not $120 used. Right. Because it's not going to make you a better disc golfer. But having that in a collection and you can go through and see, like I enjoy going through people's stuff and you can see like all the old things and everything. Like I've been through Damon Evans uh, collection, I don't know, like probably six years ago now or something. And it was just really cool to see like all this history, like whether they're valuable or not, they're, they ha- they hold value in the history that they yeah. are. Um, yeah, but that's like history collecting. Yeah. So I think like there's a thing with like, I would classify that in like disc golf memorabilia. Yeah. Right. So having like this disc. Right. Right. And so like that is the value of, I have this piece of history and what it means to you. You could have yeah. like personal life memorabilia. So today, because of this, I put out the bolt, right? Mm-hmm. So like I found a halo mm-hmm. at Star and I was like, what the fuck is this? All yeah. I knew was Discraft and Nova, you know? Yeah. And then I, I was like, holy shit. And then I was like, fuck Nova, right? Like once I found that disc, I was like, dude, this is really nice. Yeah. And then I got into Latitude 64 and then I found the bolt and then like that's the bolt that they released. Yeah. And I was like, it was the nicest made disc that I had really ever thrown. Like, mm-hmm. I liked it better than CE. I was like, man, the grip on this is unbelievable. And it's, like, all lava colored and everything else. I was like, wow, this is sweet. Yeah. Um, And it changed my interaction with discs and disc golf. That is the disc that then launched me on the thing of, like, buying all these discs from all these manufacturers and everything. Like, what this has then become, that was the disc that, like, did that. Mm-hmm. So, for me, then I bought more of those discs later because that disc is so valuable to me. And when I look at it, I'm like, ha, ha. They only made so many of them. You know what I mean? Like, they peaked out. I don't know what they run at now, but like at one point, a brand new one on eBay, this is back in eBay days, was like 80 bucks. Yeah. And like, I have like four of them, but I had gotten them all at like different deals and whatever. And two of them are brand new, two of them I've thrown. Mm-hmm. That one I threw and almost lost at States warming up. Uh, <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. But, anyways, um, like that stuff. <clears throat> you know, at one point I'd be willing to spend more money on because it really meant something to me. Mm-hmm. Um, those days are kind of over just because I've gotten far enough into my disc golf career that like I don't really have that stuff anymore. Yeah. So I used to like carrying a disc or two in my bag that was one of those discs. Mm-hmm. So um, I might have a disc in my bag that was like a $40, $50 disc just because it meant something to me and it also lined up to be a valuable disc. And Mm -hmm. then like I would use it because it would like pull me out of a funk and it would make me happy just to throw that disc. So if my round kind of went shitty, I'm like, fuck it. Like the Billy Baru in in Caddyshack. Like, oh, I'm going to use this because it changes my energy. It changes my round. It does that, whatever. I then shifted to throwing like old molds and then they became like the spirit animal in my bag. And then I stopped bagging like a $50 disc. Mm -hmm. Right. So then instead of like having that bolt, 
which makes me really happy. But I'd always kind of throw a shitty shot with it because it's so touchy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'd be like, all right, well, cool. This is going to like, you know, and it would do something to pull me out of a funk if I was in it. Then I put in like a Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. And like I had some old Valkyries that might be worth something, but not really. But it would just make me happy like, oh, I'm going to go to the Valkyrie. You know what yeah. I mean? And then since then, I've kept that alive with like putting an old mold in my bag every year that kind of like is that thing for me. And it means something to me, but now I've figured out a way to get that same response during the round with a disc that's cheap. Mm -hmm. Because like looking for that thing at States the one year for like 45 minutes, I was super pissed. Yeah. Because I was like, it was a third drive on 2A or whatever the longer one, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just turned it over, obviously. (laughs) And it went into like almost nothing, but then I couldn't find it. Yeah. And then I was like super pissed. And I was like, yeah, this is just dumb. You know what I mean? Um, if I'm, I'm going to have a disc that's like really valuable, I'm going to want it to be something that's really stable Yeah. because I pretty much know where it's going to go yep. or that one's like, it's really valuable and super fucking touchy. And as soon as I let it go, I'm like, I hope yeah. I can find it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in terms of like buying those discs, like I'm just out, I don't have any interest in it. I don't have interest in like yeah. buying, um, you know, like historical discs because I feel like going through that thing with the firebird, like. I have to look at it's like loaning a friend money. Yeah. Like you just ha- you're giving them money and hopefully you get it back. And yeah. that's what I look at buying those discs. Like you're just throwing that money away to have that thing. And if it's not worth it to you or if you're thinking like, oh, I'm going to get that back later. Like you have no idea what's going to happen. Right. No idea. Yeah. I could at some point I'd like to start dabbling in the world of collecting like some cool stuff. Yeah. Um. But in no reason, like I, the most that I'd ever spend on stuff, like I bought an MD for $25 from Discman because they're the only ones that were in stock and they were like a special stamp, like it, it's Team Discmania, but it's got the heart, sh- the heart Discmania instead of the shield. So it's not, it's a knockoff team stamp. So they sell them for the premium because of that. And then whoever gets it so disparing gets it so they have their markup so they can make their money on it or whatever so now this disc is 25 bucks and it took me probably like a month to buy it yeah because i didn't want to spend 25 dollars on a disc yep and it was so hard but i wanted to try it so and eventually i was just like i did one of those like I'm just going to do it before I can really think about it. And then once it's done, it's like, well, I already did it. So whatever. Yeah. And then it showed up when it showed up through it. I'm really happy with it. Still wish I didn't spend like 20. Cause that's all I can think about it is like, I have this disc that I spent like 25 bucks on. And if I lose it, like already, I'm going to like lose my fucking mind. So there I have like this weird nervousness with it sometimes. Um, but like beyond that, like, if I were spending $25, like if those warlocks that I have are like $25 a piece and they were like the shit and I just couldn't find other stuff, I'd be willing to pony up $25. Like if I have $100 to spend, I can get four putters. Yeah. Four putters are going to last me a while and I'm never really going to lose them. Yeah. I'm cool with it because I'm not throwing drives with them. I live in the world of I don't drive with my putting putters because I think it's stupid, Jared um i left one at stony this year though <laughs> i did i lost a putting putter the fear the, the orange fierce. fierce no no the i use it was my upshot fierce but oh, okay yeah i left it when we were through from 18 to the practice basket yeah and then i just forgot that i threw it yeah i was kind of rage-tastic anyways it was yeah. a valuable lesson but, <laughs> but yeah yeah i would spend yeah. 25 dollars on a putter 
Yeah. Right. And I spend 20 on my putters. Yeah. I own six of them or something. I probably won't buy any for a long time. Yeah. And that's it. But besides that, yeah, for discs, probably 20 bucks would be the most that I would spend. Yeah. And um, usually I'm just trying to find what's going to do the job for the cheapest. And I don't care about any of the other stuff. And I don't really collect discs. Right. Right. Yeah. Like if it were me collecting discs, collecting history. Yeah. I don't know what my price point would be. It depends on my current wealth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to pee again. So. Okay. He's got to pee again, everybody. We'll be right back. Welcome to Intermission. had to go get a blankie too big, big problem is I'm nice cold yeah um another aspect so if you get into the world of flipping and making money so flipping is something else yeah right so that is uh one of the big ones i know he had like mvp and stuff was something noah shared with me um not that mvp axiom and over molds are bad I know there's like the crazy stipulation of just like guy bros and whatever. Yeah. I don't think they're bad discs. I, I enjoy them. I just am not in the world of them. So like I've thrown the Ion, I've thrown uh, Envy and like a couple other things. So they're yep. good. But the only ones that I know of value that are fucking bonkers are first run Ions and second run Ions. Fred's got a stack of second run Ions that he's just like, they're kind of in the world of first or, um, like 10 year buzzes or whatever. Yeah. Like he could sell them and make a crap load of money or he could hold on to them. And they're just like, they just keep going up and up and up in value. Like they're one of the most ridiculous things to me or whatever. But yeah. Cause it's not your cool. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but new releases that just get skyrocketed out of fucking nowhere. And I like disc mania is aware of it. Disc mania is like the number one, like in this, so you have like Night Strikes and Cloud Breakers and Iron Samurai, which are all just like the fancy names of MD3s and DD3s and PD2s and whatever. And just because someone can get it before you can, like they get it for the $20, $25 and then immediately try to sell it for 80 Yeah. And then the reason that they're that much is because people buy them for that much. And then... I just don't like I can't do it like I, I I if I could get those discs for like not a dumb shit price I would throw them because I think they're good discs and they they're relatively consistent but I just don't understand really like why they have to be so much like right away I get that one of the number one things is it's because people are buying it for that price yeah so they're just going to be that price and that's what they're going to be sold at for um but that's like one of the craziest things that kind of drives me nuts too, where it's like, these are normal production run discs. Why do they have to be like collector history, like history valued type discs? Yeah. Um, yeah. I just feel like that the flipping thing killed collector market. Yeah. Right. Because before like what made a disc valuable was how many of them were left. 
Yeah. How many were actually made? Because obviously they and weren't then used and brand new minty right. variants and all that. Obviously, early 2000s, when they were making runs of discs, they were not making runs to the same volume that they're making now. Yeah. Right. Like they'll make 10,000 of a disc now or yeah. 20,000 or whatever it is of a disc right now. Yeah. And like, like why does a brand, and this was like years ago and before I forget, sorry. That's okay. So you have like the two or three line Avery Destroyers. And at the time, and like I don't I'm not sure if there's still a thing not like if Avery's name's on the disc still, I think. Um like a destroyer is a destroyer is a destroyer to me. Anyway, so you have this production disc that's like coming out and you have like two line, three lines, whatever's. Yep. And they're worth double what they are, like MSRP or whatever the fuck. And then you have Night Strike Destroyers. Or or not even that, because those are more not night strike. Um night shift anyway so you have the first run destroyers and they're relatively close in price but yeah. one is like being made right now yeah and the other one will never be made again right yeah so like why yeah and like, i like for me so like c right like i started playing in you know late 90s and then into the 2000s and then i didn't play for 10 years and then when i came back it was like oh shit i really liked finding the discs that i used to play with yeah or like I'm even old enough that like they didn't make that disc in that plastic when I was playing. And then I was like, fuck, they make that disc in this plastic now. And yeah. that's where when I first got back into playing all the time was like, I'm paying for discs because yeah. like, oh, fuck, they make that in CE, but they don't make it in CE anymore. Yeah. So then I'm trying to find that disc in <laughs> CE. It's come and gone. Yeah. I was like, well, sweet. One, I didn't get to play with it then. And two, they don't make it anymore. Yeah. Um, so I, f I, I was stuck in that. But you're paying because, like, all right, so they made a thousand of them, and like 300 of them are totally gone. Mm -hmm. so there's 700 left, and of the 700 left, there's like 150 of them that are new. Yeah. And there's never going to be 160 of them that are new. So right. I understand that. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. And then you would think as time goes on, they're going to be more valuable because there's less new and whatever yeah. it is. And then all of a sudden, that bubble just popped and mm -hmm. popped like overnight because it yeah. went from basically it was a 10 year buzz. Yep. Like in my memory. And mm -hmm. it's not that I was ever like heavily leveraged in the collector market, but like CE discs and all that stuff was like worth a lot. Mm -hmm. And like if you had a mint CE, Valkyrie, um, you know, Firebird, whatever, any of those, um, then all of a sudden like the 10 year buzz brand new was the first one that I can really remember. Like it came out brand new and it was instantly worth well more than what you paid for it. Yeah. And then, like, shortly after that, it was this other thing and that thing. And then it was, like, discs that were coming out because, like, this one's super swirly or it's got, like, these colors in it or whatever the fuck it is. And then all of a sudden, like, the CE market crashed because people were like, well, I'd rather pay $40 for a disc that just came out yesterday as opposed to $40 of a disc that, like, there's only 100 of them left. Mm -hmm. And then, like, really, I'm sure there's there's plenty of discs that like still hold their value from that market, like the buzz that you were talking about with Scott, which wasn't really a production run, but like the yeah. old CE rocks are still yeah. worth a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, right? like, like he's he's got a one of the CE rocks, like the O one yellow. Yeah, with the football or stamp or whatever. Yep. On it. Yep. with like big fat Sharpie ink on it and everything, and I guarantee he could get at least a hundred bucks for it too. Yep. and I, it's like used as shit and everything. I remember seeing one of those sell on ebay for like six hundred dollars yep. it was like brand new yep um but yeah i remember like watching that transition from like ce and these old collector discs and everything being valuable to like shit that just came out is now really valuable and i remember like a year after that like facebook 
posts being like, what the fuck is going on? And why is this a thing? And then it's just completely transitioned to like, that's our reality. Yeah. Of like, get freaky zones come out yesterday. And then today they're $80 or $100 or $150 or whatever it is. Yeah. And I just look at like, sweet. Cool. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense to me. I have no interest in it. And on a manufacturing end, I don't understand what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Because like we've talked about this before, like there's a super simple way to, k- to kill that. And you as a manufacturer make more money, mm-hmm. which I don't get. Yeah. Like do a run of 10,000 or whatever it is, 3,000. We're going to release the, I don't know, the Skyhawk, right? Yeah. Skyhawk 2 is coming out on Wednesday. Yeah. And you release like 4,000 of them and all those like people come out and like buy them up and they're doing all this shady shit and like i'm gonna sell these for 80 dollars a piece mm-hmm. and then like the next week release three thousand again of the same thing like totally yeah, it, unannounced. It's, it's the same exact thing yeah in, and, and they were all ran at the same time right but you, yeah it's just batches so it's like they do all 10 th- like if that's their number total where like we're gonna do the cloud breaker three now right there's ten thousand we're going to make ten thousand yeah Maybe extra, and then like Eagle gets like that allotment. Eagle gets like his thousand or whatever, and then we have our ten, and then we release them at three thousand like intervals or whatever. So we do like one release, and then they all sell out, and then like oh another release of the same fucking thing because we oh we found some more, that's done, right. and then like a third. Do we found another like three thousand? Then there's that, and then like people are like still pissed because they're not getting it. It's like dude. We found a thousand more in like the fucking alley around the corner that right. we didn't even realize that like I don't know they all rolled over there or something. So right. and then and now they're finally done. Instead of it just being like we have ten thousand, that's fucking it. Yeah. Or whatever it is, and then just be done with it. Yeah. Like instead of just doing this like weird shit and it's very remnant. So like there's this guy in magic who's a high investor. I think I told you about him before is the channels alpha investments. The dude's name's Rudy is an insanely intelligent guy when it comes to stuff like this. And the same stuff that he talks about applies to this here because people are collectors in that as well. And then they do releases of like card sets. So you have like, I don't even know which one it was last. Like you have one called Kaladesh and then this was released in like waves and he was like, he made so many videos of him losing his fucking mind and telling people don't invest in it because there's, they keep doing this shit in waves and you're just going to get fucked. Like you were just, it's just going to happen. And he like walks you through like these two paths. And one of them is you getting fucked and here's how you're going to get fucked and you're going to hate yourself for it. And then I'm eventually just going to buy all your capital because I have the ability to do it. Yeah. Cause everybody sells him their stuff and he just has the means to it. And like his collections absolutely bonkers, but he like tells it how it is or whatever. And it's like very similar to this to where it's just like, if you guys would just stop doing this and then like the dealers would also like limit it to like to a person like at this point, like at this price point and when they're like, they sell them all at once instead of doing like the shady, like waves of stuff, I think it would work out fine, but we won't know that. And then like Dismania is doing like, I think like they're showing that they acknowledge that this is happening how much they're actually doing to do anything about it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Because yeah. it seemed like... I would just think it would only take yeah. a couple of times of really fucking the shit out of people. Then they wouldn't have the capital to keep fucking other people. Yeah. So if you just like... 
I don't even know how you would do it, but you'd have to like just make like twenty thousand of the next release, and then yeah. just release like three thousand, then three thousand, then three thousand, then three thousand, then three thousand, yeah. then three thousand, then like nobody's buying them anymore, and then release three thousand more, and then be yeah. like, okay, cool. So it took fifteen thousand before it was totally dead. Yeah. Then the next time when it comes around, people are gonna be less likely to like spend the eighty bucks right on the twenty dollar disc right. because they're like, well, there might be three thousand more coming out next week. Right. And then maybe that time, like wait a week longer, yeah. And then release the three thousand, and then release the three thousand, and yeah. then release the three thousand. Yeah, because real fast, the people that are buying up like all the they're, stock. they're set, like the people that are setting up the bots to just like the gr- like here's when the get freakies are gonna get bought, like here's when they announced it. I have this much time as me myself to set up bots and stuff to like buy everything. Yep. I give my bot ten grand or whatever the fuck it is. And then have it buy as many as it possibly fucking can. Yep. See what happens. And they even like, it was to the point where they were like, we had to cancel it because that was like not one person, which I think it was literally one guy was going to have like the whole allotment of the get freakies buy everything. Yeah. Like it's set up for those guys (laughs) to succeed, which like it, in my opinion, it shouldn't like it's, I don't know how that's good for. Right whatever and then in doing what you're saying exactly is going to like just make them stop <laughs> well it takes away <laughs> your ability to do it yeah because now exactly. all of a sudden instead of having thirty thousand dollars in your bank account you're now yeah. just sitting on like six thousand zones that are worth twenty dollars a piece that right. someone can still buy for twenty dollars a piece right from the actual manufacturer so are you going to be able to offload it yeah how right. fast uh yeah who knows how are you gonna years how, yeah like if someone could still go and buy like then you might out of the six thousand zones that show up at your house you could sell like the sweet stamps right you know what i mean but maybe at that point like yeah like who the fuck cares yeah yeah but i think like it's an easy fix but i I don't know like the priority of it and i think that they're still worried about getting caught on the back end with a whole bunch of stock that they can't sell right but i think it'd be weird with like you know the sky hook or whatever the fuck it is you know like if you sell all of them that you make in a few hours, it'd be weird to think that, like, if you made three times as many, that you would get stuck with a bunch of them. Yeah. Because in the end, you're not going to get stuck with them. The stores are going to get stuck with them. Mm-hmm. And even if then you're sitting on them, they're still allegedly sweet discs. Yeah. Mystery boxes and whatever else you do. I don't know. But I, I just look at, like, it's a missed opportunity um, on the manufacturer side. And other there's been yeah. other markets that they have done that with. Like, with Star Wars toys, they just decided that, once they found out when Star Wars came back out, when it was like uh, episodes one, two, and three came out, then they released all these like Star Wars toys. And then there was like a huge collector market for them. And then Mattel or whoever the fuck the toy company was, once they realized that there was a giant like collector market for it, they're like, well, fuck, we'll just make all those toys again. Yeah. And then they just literally flooded the market with all of the like this rare like white outfit Leia doll. Yeah. That's like super fucking hard to find and they're worth like whatever, $150 a piece. And now are no longer hard to find. They just released like a thousand of them. And yeah. they're like, there you go. And then your $150 Leia is now worth like $7.99 or whatever it was to buy it new because they just released a shit ton of them. Yep. So with discs, you get into weird things because it's like, well, this was like a first run and now this is going to be like a second first run or whatever it is. So you just like make them all so that they're indistinguishable from each other and you just keep releasing them. Yeah. And then you make a bunch of money as a manufacturer because everybody keeps buying them at $20 or whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. And then you just kill that person. Yeah. Because my, so if, 
not just this man, a, a disc golf manufacturer who manufactures discs. I, I mean, to me, your first job is to supply equipment that is like to play the game. Yeah. Like to, like that. Uh, it's not to build collectors. It's to get people like buying the discs and using them, and then they're always going to be able to sell this because people are always going to lose stuff. And however long it takes for you to lose a disc, like for you to lose this bolt, eventually it'll get lost if you're using it. Hopefully not, but the likelihood is you're going to lose it. And as much as you like it, you're going to just go get another one because of how it's flying, whatever. It's the tool you use to score out on the course. That should be like number one, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then, Secondly, if you're going to get into the world of like releasing cool shit, then do that with that knowledge and not have it be like the main focus. Yeah. Because then at that, I don't know, it's weird. Um, I don't know. Because that's just sometimes how it like comes off to me. It's like where they're just trying, like, I understand, like, you're going to make money either way. But the first way, it seems like they're just trying to make money by just, like, making cool shit. And then instead of, like, wow, you guys make some really cool stuff. And I would love to throw the stuff that you throw or that you make. I'm just not going to fucking do it because I don't, like, my pockets aren't fucking, I'm a disc golfer. Yeah. We're not, like, right, millionaires and, and whatever. Right. And, then, like, and I can find something else. I can do it for cheaper. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, I would much rather deal with something that feels slightly different flies almost the same or whatever and it's just like infinitely easier to just get right and but like if you're gonna run a series of md3s that are just special run just because you wanted to make a collector type disc sure that makes sense because i know like if i'm gonna go and buy it i'm buying it for that reason not just to like i need a stack of md3s because i want a stack of like backups and this and that and whatever right you're gonna buy the 25 dollars a piece one for your stack <laughs> yeah not no, gonna make sense no right. that makes no logic for so. me for me it's it was tricky the the one for me that sticks out the most is the wasp yeah my probably overall my favorite disc mm-hmm. and um when the titanium wasp first came out the eric mccabe strawberry whatever titanium wasp first run first thing of titanium wasp they were like the best wasp made. Yeah. Then as they went on and continued to make titanium wasps, they did not fly like those titanium wasps. And then it was like, okay, I, I really want this disc. Mm-hmm. And trying to hunt down and find that disc was incredibly difficult. Yeah. And then they came out with the Glow Z, which they made a thousand of. And it was very specifically to be like a collector disc. They made yeah. a thousand of them. They were like the first brand new $25 disc or whatever, $20 disc or whatever that I ever dealt with in, in like the history of my disc golfing at least. Um, and I bought them and they flew just like the first run titanium wasp. And I was like, sweet. Why in the fuck would you only make a thousand of these? Yeah. Like, I think they were twenty four ninety nine or something. And I was like, why would you only make a thousand of these? Like, yeah. Um, and then after that, it was the quest of like trying to find them. So then I spent years trying different wasps, whatever. And then when I actually, when they came out with a wasp that flew like that wasp, then I just bought all of them I could find. Right. And it wasn't because it was like, oh, this is like this sweet collector one or oh, whatever it is. And I was just wedged into now I have to pay $20 a piece for these yeah. because the only one that they came out with that actually flies the way I want it to is this like super crazy limited thing that they did this like one specific run of for them. And I was wedged into that spot of like, well, I guess this is just, if I, yeah. The question is, 
do I really want to do this to myself? Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. Like, and luckily, I was I was able to find enough that like I'm not gonna have to worry about wa- wasps for the rest of my life. And it yeah. was like cool, right? So then there's that. Yeah. But that's more was more of my issue with them as a manufacturer at the time, because it was like, why don't you guys just make like the best of each mold that you can, mm-hmm. figure out what that is, and then figure out how to be able to reproduce that over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then once Paul went to Discraft, I feel like they got a lot better at yeah this disc flies like this disc right. Yeah. But before that, it was real dicey. Yeah, so. yeah. There and Innova, and other companies too. I mean, yeah, um, it's not just them, right? Right. right. Yeah, the, the the plastic that they were coming out with was just like real shitty, like a kind of across the board. Like they had spurts of like some good runs, but like you could tell by the people who go and sell like the brand new stuff at the courses, and you can just go like finger all the plastic and everything and just kind of see what's coming out yeah like th- this is really good or this is really bad and a lot of times it's like uh, uh, yeah. uh, like what this is like hard slick and like floppy gummy or just like these weird combinations to where it's like this really got through like how did this make it to market yeah yeah like what like is there no like checks and balances at all like yeah. the dude's just like taking the stuff and just like shipping it out as is like not yeah like, so, I don't know. Uh, yeah, what I'm willing to pay for a disc at this point is 20 bucks. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a very specific disc that I'm willing to pay 20 bucks for. Yeah. And um, other than that, the flipping market, I think, should be smashed by manufacturers and get the money to the manufacturers. Because I don't know one motherfucker that's charging $80 for a Get Freaky Zone that sponsors anyone. Yeah. They don't do shit but take the money for themselves and whatever the fuck it is that they do. Yep. Like if you were like a flipper, right, and then you sponsored people and you were like, mark up disc golf. I sponsor these three pros. Like good for you. Like I'd rather have the money go to the manufacturers, right, and then have them like sponsor people or be able to give better sponsorship people, better sponsorship packages to players. Yeah. Instead of Larry buying a hundred of this disc and then selling them all for 80 bucks and then being like, yeah, I fucking, you know, made $60 a disc off of this because I was, you know, like whatever. Yeah. Like to me, it makes more sense for like if 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 they run five thousand of the Iron Samurai two, and then just straight from the manufacturer, it's like this is meant to be a collector disc. This is there's only going to be this much of these made, and it's this many. Yep. And it's only like two a person or whatever the fuck it is, and that's it. And then they stick to it. Yep. Then manufacturer should sell it for double what it would normally be or whatever it is right. i think because like to me that would make sense i would look at it if i was like if it was a tour series disc and i was the pro i would be pissed yeah i would be super fucking pissed yeah. if it's like dude every time you run my nate sexton firebird they sell yeah. out in three days and then you guys don't replenish them and i don't know yeah. i don't think that that's the case but i'm just saying right. like, examples example yeah. right like the darren harrison wasp yeah like every time they come out they sell completely out in like a day or two mm-hmm. and then you guys don't replenish them and then meanwhile people are buying them for 80 or 100 dollars a piece i would look at like that's tour money that i'm losing out on because of your game plan mm-hmm. and meanwhile this fucking guy out of the back of his van is probably making more money off of my tour series discs than i am right and it's meant to be set up to pay for my touring or right. to you know incentivize me as a player and whatever it is and meanwhile like 
tubby Terry out of the back of his rusty van is making more money off of it than me. And then I would be like up the manufacturer's ass about like, hey, what if we make like 20,000 of these next year? Yep. Right. And then even if maybe you just like lay it on them and say, all right, if we get stuck with a whole bunch of these, then that's on me and I'll buy them. Yeah. And then I'll deal with it myself yep. as, a, as an individual person or allow your pro to buy all of them. Right. Right. So then Eagle himself could bet money on himself and just buy all of the whatever the fuck his disc is. And then he could sell them for 80 bucks a piece. Right. And I'd be down with that. Yeah. If you want to go and like you're just like, oh, oh, oh Eagle. And you yeah. like want to buy his disc. <laughs> You know what I mean? And like, you're like, yeah, yeah. 80 bucks because I get it right from Eagle and he sends you like yeah. an autograph headshot or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, even. Yeah. yeah. A hand a hand cast. You know, I don't know. Whatever he sends you. <laughs> some grass. Some kale. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it'd be worth it. But other than that, yeah. like the flipping market, I think like is, is, a, is a wart on the ass of disc golf. I think the people that do it, you're an opportunist and, you know, there's more to life than money and your quest to like. You know, whatever. And you're going to look at, like, there's idiots that are willing to pay it. I should, whatever. Cool. It's you. And it is what it is. Yeah. And it, it's kind of just, it's how it's set up. Like, the opportunities there. Take yep. it. Um, yeah. And but it, I guess, I guess for me, like, in that way, like, I don't see the pros doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm never on Facebook and get, like, on all the disc golf collector scenes and everything that I'm on. Like, I bought discs from Avery Jenkins. Yeah. I bought discs from him. Yeah. And I never paid more than $20 for them. Right. And that dude could be like, oh, this is this, blo-, you know what I mean? Like, oh, totally. I, I never see shit come up on a collector page. Like, Eagle himself being like, here's my disc, 80 bucks. Like, yeah. even the pros aren't doing that. You know right. what I mean? And they're as, they are more incentivized in terms of growing the sport and doing all this stuff than anyone else because it actually like makes their living. Yeah. So I don't know. Whatever. I we both have baggages on that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You guys always talking about working out. What workouts can I do at home to specifically improve my game? So I would say very simply, the easiest thing that you can do at home to improve your game would be to work out um, all of the kind of support structural muscles in your body, which will help your body um, just weather the storm better. So like your rotator cuff, internal, external rotation of your shoulders, those exercises, subscapular strength. So if you lay flat on like a bench, but your arms can hang down under you, keeping your arms straight and then raising them like you're kind of like you're swimming from underneath you. Yeah. Building all those muscles around your shoulder to support your shoulder and to support your shoulder blades and to keep kind of your posture and your arms in proper positioning will help kind of weather the storm of the wear and tear that you put on your shoulder, forehand, backhand, whatever. Other than that, Jane Fonda's. So you lay on your side and you kick your leg up like you're in the aerobics unitard or whatever it is, leotard. Yeah. Um, because it helps to pull your IT band into the proper positioning and it takes the strain off of your hip, knee, and ankle from the top down um, is very beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, doing wall sits... Um, is very beneficial. You can do like three or four sets of six to eight uh, reps at like 30 seconds a piece. Mm-hmm. Just do wall sits. It'll help to build up your quads. It also helps to build up all of the soft connective tissue in your knees, which is usually an issue that people run into a lot. Right. Um, and a lot of mobility work. So work on like stretching the flexion, the dorsal flexion, the front flex of your ankle. So put your foot up on like a bench 
and then bring your knee up over your foot. It'll stretch out your hamstring a little bit, but it'll also stretch out like the front part of your ankle to give your ankle mobility. Because if your ankles have good mobility, it takes a lot of the strain off of your legs, moving upward, swan stretch. So bring your knee in front of you across the side and then lean over it. It'll stretch out the outside of your butt and your lower back, which will again, kind of put your IT bands in the right positioning, which takes the strain off your legs. Mm-hmm. Um, any core workouts. Anything, yeah. anything for your core. Um, so if you can just hold on to a bar or anything to hold yourself up and then do, like lift your knees up, it's going to be the lowest amount of strain on your back while working your core out. It'll also work your arms out because you're holding yourself up. Mm-hmm. Um, but doing sit-ups and crunches and all that stuff, depending how you're doing it and what your movement is, you can put weird strain on your back. So it's better if you can hang to work out to keep your legs straight and pull them up in front of you or try to pick your legs up to kick wherever your hands are at or move them like a fan from side to side will help Mm -hmm. to strengthen your core a lot. Yeah. Um, I would say push-ups, but keep your elbows next to your body, Mm -hmm. not out, just next to your body and do it like this with your hands right underneath your shoulders because it keeps the strain off. I think that that's all simple. If you have a dumbbell, um, depending on the mobility of your joints, just doing like the goblet squat. So you have the dumbbell in front of you and you're kind of sitting back as much as you can so you can keep your chest as upright as possible and then sitting down into a squat and standing up. Yeah. In doing that, you just want to make sure that you're keeping your knees out and that your knees aren't coming in as you're going up or going down. Mm -hmm. I think that those are easy exercises at home. You don't need anything to be able to do those that'll help your disc golf because most of those are just going to work on like keeping your body in good shape to weather all of the playing that you're going to do and all the strain that you're going to put on it. And it's going to give you better control because you're going to actually use muscles that you don't really use. And then once you, except for when you're out disc golfing, right? Right. But then when you go to disc golf, like because you've worked those muscles out and you have better neurological control over them, you're going to have a better ability to fine tune your motion and your throw because everything's going to be used to listening to you. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking to it more frequently instead of just when you go out and disc golf. Right. Yeah. You're not yelling at cats anymore. Yeah. I was looking (laughs) like, yeah, you've got like a golden retriever that you're working with. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at like you're moving your muscles as you're starting to work out and as you're starting to develop that kind of movement and familiarity and control of the muscle, you're moving from like having a cat to like a well-trained dog. Yeah. Because at the beginning, when you try to do like Jane Fonda's or there's any number of things, like the first time you try to do the exercise, in your mind, you're like, I want to move in this pattern. And then when you try to get your body to do it, you're literally just like yelling at your cat. Sit! And the cat's just staring at you like, what? Yeah. What do you mean? He just like walks away and shakes his tail (laughs) at you or whatever. And then looks back at you to see if you saw that it shook its tail at you. Yeah. 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 So that, that, I think that's just. And realistically, like, I don't know what like 20 minutes a day 10 minutes a day you could do like some stuff just to like get things going and everything yeah yeah Yeah. like i try i hang a lot like compared to what i used to like hanging a couple times like after working out i've been trying to do it more and it feels really good um for what like the spinal decompression and everything and it just like overall not only for going out and like hucking discs but just in general like life Life. i mean it's just going to make you feel better just in general no matter what even like whether it's for disc golf or for doing some other activity the side or the byproduct of it is like you're just going to feel better just because basically yeah yeah and you you work out a lot of the aches and just like i'm older right so a lot of the aches and pains and stuff that you deal with that you just assume like our old injuries are part of the aging process or whatever 
most of the time it's a deficiency in some part of the structural support of that joint. So your joints over time, because you constantly move the same way, you're building up like one part of the muscle, the muscles that support that joint and you're not building up the other part. And then the part that's built up is pulling on the joint weird. And then you're just dealing with a lot of like aches and pains because the muscle, the joint itself isn't in the proper positioning or is constantly fighting to be in the proper positioning. So if you can work on the other muscles, either by mobility of loosening the muscles that are tight or strengthening the muscles that aren't there to hold everything kind of in balance, a lot of aches and pains go away. Mm -hmm. So things that you just assume you're going to live with or are part of your life go away. Just yeah. because like the reality is the reason that they're there is because you're just dealing with deficiency of structural support. Yeah. And I know you've gone through and you've been surprised with yeah. yourself and like some things where you're like a couple times going into it and you're like, well, we'll just kind of see how it is. And then like throughout the whole workout, like you're fine, you're fine or like, or better yeah. like going throughout. And then at the end you're like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the time, um, working out the things that hurt, there's a difference between working out, um, with soreness and with pain and then working out on an injury. And a lot of the time, like the only way to find that out is by working it out. And most of the time you're just dealing with something that's sore or aggravated or bothered, or there's some swelling in or whatever it is. And by working out, you're actually helping to get the fluid out of the joint or whatever to yeah. like, it usually most of the time I'm better after I work out than I was before I worked out. Yeah. Um, and at this point, the only stuff I deal with, um, you know, like my back from time to time. And that's because I'm not, I'm not doing what I need to do to prevent it. Yeah. So like the last time that my back was messed up, well, the first time that my back was messed up since we've been working out was because I went ball golfing like three times in a week Yeah. and then was working on my forehand. So all of a sudden I started using my core in a completely the opposite direction than I am used to using it. And I didn't do any stretching or anything to like supplement it. And then finally the one day it just got tight going the opposite direction enough that it pulled it a little bit out of whack. And then my back was kind of tight and it locked up on me. Mm -hmm. And then that took me like two weeks to get it to loosen up. Yeah. It didn't impact anything other than disc golf. Cause I could still lift cause I'm not really twisting or doing weird side to side shit. Like I'm lifting properly. Yeah. Um, and then like working out, tiring those muscles, using those muscles, but eventually just kind of building back the balance that was there before. Um, you know, kind of got that pain and lock up to go away. And then that went away. And then, I, I got it like right as it went away. I kind of tweaked it another way. And a lot of that, I think it's just cause like my psoas was a little bit tight. We had stopped stretching that I had yeah. stopped doing like ab workouts. Like once we switched into this program, like all of a sudden I'm four weeks in since I did my last ab workout. And meanwhile, yeah. we're just training the living shit out of my lower back. Yeah. So like my lower back, like I'm deadlifting 185 and I'm doing like dead rows and all this stuff, um, to like strengthen my lower back. And I think like once the imbalance side to side, which had been messed up before, kind of like loosened up and I'd got it kind of like back square. I think just the fact that like my lower back had gotten so much stronger than my abs yeah. just kind of like pulled it back that way a little bit. And then it was kind of messed up. Yeah. And then we've like made a concentrated effort to do more ab stuff. Mm -hmm. And then as that's gotten balanced out, like my back's great now. Yeah. And now really the only thing I deal with is this like gravel in my left knee situation. Yeah. Which probably top golf. Yeah, but yeah. it's also like that knee is hot garbage. Right. Like we've known that. There's yeah. no surprise. Like if you look at yeah. my two knees, they don't even look the same. <laughs> and that one like is paper mache. And like I know that going into it. Yeah. So the reality is, is no matter how I work out, no matter how conscientious I am, no matter how much I stretch, no matter what I do, 
there's going to be plenty of days in my life that that knee is just going to hurt me. Yeah. And it's just going to be like, what the fuck's going on in there now? Yeah. Um, the reality is hopefully I can become more successful at my job and then I'm just going to go in and get it scoped mm-hmm. and just have them like clean it out a little bit. Right. Hopefully I'm like, I'm hoping that it doesn't become an issue for the season and um at the end of next season i'm just gonna go get it scoped yeah because i'm sure it's like a little bit of torn cartilage here a little bit of meniscus that's peeling off over there yeah whatever and then those things like sometimes they're in the joint and sometimes they're laying flat yeah and i'm willing to bet that that's what it is right. i got an mri on it a couple of years ago it looked pretty good um but you know i've done a lot on it since right and like i just assume at some point that knee is gonna just be like <laughs> we're done yeah yeah it's an 81 honda <laughs> with 233,000 miles on it. Basically what it is. All right. Oh, what is your history with facial hair also? Beards? <laughs> um, I can't really grow facial hair. It, <laughs> it comes out something like a pubic hair farm. It looks like I'm like growing out to donate to uh, people without pubic hair. I don't even know if that's a thing. But... Um, my only like facial hair that I really dudes without pubes, <laughs> yeah, or chicks. I think I think that there isn't a gender specific quality to no, pubic hair. No. I think it's all the same. I just like the the phrase "dudes without pubes." Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> girls without curls. I don't know. <laughs> but, anyways, oh um, the only like real facial hair that I've ever like doubled down into is like the playoff beard for the Red Wings when they're in the playoffs. Like I just don't shave. So my graduation pictures from Columbia. Uh-huh. I just have this shitty pubic hair beard. <laughs> it's fucking epic. And it's like, because it was, the, the wings were on a playoff run. Yeah. And you wanted to celebrate. And I was supporting the squad. So I remember By everybody growing being, out your facial hair. Everybody's like, you're going to shave, right? And I was like, fuck that. The wings are in the playoffs, man. This yeah. is a playoff beard. And everybody's like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, <laughs> I am serious. So it's me. super serious. It's me with a terrible, terrible playoff beard. Yeah. yeah. And my story is the exact same, which is also, I'm going to put my dad under this bus as well. Also the same thing. Like we might not look the same, but if you were to look at us based on literally only our facial hair and how it grows, we're the same. Yeah. Not the color, the just the way it grows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's I I've never had it. I don't even really like have a desire to have one. Like I'm actually kind of thankful of yeah. not just because it's one less thing to really worry about and like once every month I just like shave it and it takes like a minute. <laughs> and then I'm good for a while. Mine is just one of those things cuz I can't do it. I'd love to. Yeah. You know, like I always say like if if you could change anything about your body like I'm good. Right? Like I I don't I don't have a thing like I think, uh, like Gabby and her friends deal with a lot of shit. Yeah. Like they're all beautiful. Yeah. Like really beautiful. And they're like, I hate my nose. I hate this. I hate that. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, yeah. there's an army of men that would kill to just be near you. Yeah. Um, but you guys hate it, but whatever. Yeah. Um, Logic. part, part of it, I think is growing up with social media. Yeah. Probably. I didn't grow up with social media, so I'm good. I'm yeah. like, yeah, whatever. But one thing is like, I could never have enough hair. Yeah. Whether it be like hair on my, cause I never had thick hair. So like if I could, change there's always a thing of like if you just had unlimited resources and you could make happen whatever what would it be and it'd be like all the hair i would have so much hair like one i couldn't even get a hat on it and two it would just be like obnoxious 
like and, Nico, like yeah, cr- yeah, yes. Yeah. I would literally have just a fucking lion's mane. Yeah, and it'd be outrageous in terms of facial hair. I've always wanted to be able to have like a sweet like Jason Statham like five o'clock shadow. You yeah. know what I mean? Just to look tough. <laughs> I've never really had the desire to like grow a beard. Yeah. Um, but it's more of a thing that like I just feel like I miss out on it just because I can't do it. Yeah. But I don't really I've never really like wanted a mustache. Or yeah, I, I can appreciate other people's beards. Like there's some that I see that it's like that's just fucking solid. Yeah. But like even still I'm like I'm also kinda glad that I can't do it. I, I can I'm totally fine with just appreciating other people's ability to do it. Yeah. And the time that they waste <laughs> maintaining it and putting it together for me to admire it for like three seconds. So the funniest yeah. shit will go back to high school. So at Brother Rice you had like a dress code and you also had like you couldn't have facial hair. Okay. Or you couldn't grow in facial hair. Okay. No, I think you couldn't have facial hair. So you had yeah. to maintain like well shaved. So if you went to school with a five o'clock shadow, you could get a demerit, right? You, like you could get a detention okay. um, for that because you're not in dress code. Yeah. So we had a couple of Chaldean gentlemen at my high school that literally had to shave during the school day. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh because if they were clean shaven at the beginning of the day, they would not meet dress code by the end of the day. Oh, my God. And then they wouldn't believe them that they came in clean shaven. So like oh one of the I can't remember his name. But in my brother's grade, there was a kid that literally had to shave like during his lunch break. Oh, my God. Every day. Because like otherwise, by the end of the day, he had such a five o'clock shadow, he would get written up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I was just like, how lame. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I never (sighs) really had the desire. I I don't have a history with facial hair. Um, I've never been able to do it. So that's that. Only when course design and installation becomes a lucrative business will disc golf courses being. Will disc golf course or will disc golf courses cease cease being considered a backyard sport? It's great that we have so many volunteers, but at the same, um, but at some point people need to pay for course installation thoughts. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see, I kind of get where he's coming from. Um, I'd like to see more. I don't know how you do it, but having better course designers design more of the courses rather than just people who are just like, I got the ability to do something and then I'll just do whatever yeah. kind of thing. Like, which is what I feel like. There's a couple of courses that I can think of that it seems like that's kind of what's happening and that like them. Um, not being open to and to uh, outside input. Yeah, yeah, like it's just their thing. Like, because I very much live on the side of like. I mean, even when we do these podcasts and when I do any of the videos or anything, like it's to entertain, to inform, to be like the best that it can be. And it's not like just for us or just for me, but it's just for you as well. So if there's something that like of like valuable input, like, I mean, it could be valuable or not, but we're not going to know that unless you say something. So if it's many people saying like these podcasts are just way too fucking long, I could just be like, well, you don't have to listen to them all at once. Or if the cumulative is like all of it or like everybody keeps saying we love the podcast, but it's just it's always so long and yada, yada, yada. And it's like that's how it is across the board. Maybe we 
record it and then it gets broken up into like two segments or something yeah like all these but even if that's a thing we're not going to know unless it's said right and then i'm not going to be the person i feel like if everybody's saying it and then i'm just like yeah i just don't care like yeah. i hate the topics that you talk about i hate this i hate that and whatever then at that point that sounds a lot of like we're talking about the things that we want to talk about and it sounds like it just doesn't jive with you yeah so i don't know if that's necessarily us as the problem or whichever like and it's 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 one of those things you have to gauge with whatever is being said how many people are saying it and whichever yeah um but like i i personally want it to be like the best it can possibly be so having input from the people that it's marketed to seems important yeah same with like a disc golf course we're building a disc golf course at least in my thoughts if it were me i'm building a disc golf course for me but for you and everybody else who's planning on playing disc golf and what i want is to be able to go and travel to a course and be i'm glad i didn't waste my time and gas and whatever to come play a course and, and and it's a good course to play like it's well maintained it's the layout makes sense and it's like the best it seemingly possibly could be with the land that was given because sometimes you just like you're able to put a course somewhere there's enough room to put enough holes there but you're you have a, a much smaller parameter than like if you went to stony or something where right. there's all this extra land um but there's a lot of people that it's a lot of just like it's just me well yeah. what about no i i don't care yeah yeah i think the big yeah. thing with it is uh it would take on two parts one every course is the course that it is i just came up with that but um and what i mean by <laughs> that is like <clears throat> we've talked about before on the podcast like different courses offer different things and different courses are different things for different people and different people need different courses yeah right so like somebody can go and play firefighters and be like that's disc golf for me because mm -hmm. i can throw these shots yeah and i can get around this course in an hour and a half and i usually only have an hour and a half and it's 10 minutes from my house mm -hmm. so two hours total i'm leaving my house i'm back at my house and i got to play around a disc golf that was enjoyable for me yeah that course works for you bro i'm in yep for what i'm looking to do i can't fucking stand it I'm waiting, yeah. I'm waiting on the tee pads for fucking, like, whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? And I'm not going to trash the course, but take the name off the course. Like, this course works for me because of X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. um, or for me, as a person at this point in my life, I like going to this course because it forces me to work on this part of my game, which I don't spend a lot of time working on. So even though I'm very frustrated while I'm there, I can appreciate the fact that that course makes me do all of these things that I don't like doing. Right. And it's valuable to me. Or this course is wide open and forces me to like deal with a lot of wind. Like mm -hmm. we talked about before lion's den or whatever. Right. Um, you know, but like having 25 toboggans in Southeast Michigan would be sweet for like a couple hundred people. Right. Right. And that's not the point. Right. The point is, is like, you know, I go to, I go to Cedar point, right? I try to go to Cedar point every year. The last few years I've not gone every year, but I go most years mm -hmm. and like, there's a whole bunch of those rides that are fucking awesome. Yeah. And then there's a whole bunch of the rides I go on because I try to go on all of the rides. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the truth. Like, I still go on the Magnum every time I go. Yeah. It hurts me a little bit more every time I <laughs> ride it. But I'm still thinking of, like, you know, like, I that was the first, like, really big roller coaster I ever went on with my uncle who's passed away. Yeah. And the Gemini was the first big roller coaster I ever went on. I almost died the first time I went on it. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the first roller coaster I've ever been on, like ever. That was yeah. like past Kitty. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and the blue streak and all that. And I still ride them every time I go. Yeah, and when I'm riding them, I'm not thinking like, "Fuck, this isn't the Millennium Force." Yeah, and I'm not thinking like, "Man, this Gemini isn't the fucking Val Raven." Fuck yeah. this thing. Like, no. Right. But there's plenty of people that like, they just got off of kitty rides and they're like pumped to go on the Gemini. Just like I was pumped to go on the Gemini. Yeah. Once I'm riding like Top Thrill Dragster and Millennium Force and shit, like every time I go and like I try to ride the Top Thrill Dragster like as many times as humanly possible when I'm there. Because like mm-hmm. bang for the buck, like that ride's like five seconds long or something. But like yeah. I almost come twice. <laughs> right. So it's like great. Like this is phenomenal. Um <laughs> And I'm like, that's amazing. And the Millennium Force is the same shit. Like, it's five minutes of just like, wow, that was amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I always go, Girls Gone Wild on the Millennium Force. Like, just <laughs> show them what I <laughs> got. You really? Oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. That's black funny. Out my picture. It's fucking great. Um, <laughs> they black it out? Yeah, I'll take my shirt off. Yeah. Like, just straight up. Like, right when we're going uphill, I'll just take the shirt off and just Really? Fall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm nuts at Cedar Point. So. <laughs> that's awesome. Anyways. I um, never even thought of doing that. Oh, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm, my an, God. I'm an innovator. Yeah. But, anyways. All of those rides have a place for me. The yeah. one that spins and just goes back and forth. The, that's the not Twister? Me. Yeah, the Twister yeah. one yeah. is fucking awesome. Yeah. So there's people that don't like going backwards on rides. There's people that can't spin on rides. There's people that just like big hills. There's people that whatever it is. I'm riding all those rides, and each time I ride it, right, I'm like, fuck, that ride was sweet. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the Millennium Force. Right. It doesn't have to be the Top Thrill Dragster. Yeah, I get that same, like, adrenaline rush from... It's its own thing. All of Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And some of them are just nostalgia. Yep. But the reality is, is, like, I'm cool with riding all of the rides. Some people aren't. Mm-hmm. Some people aren't going to ride the Wicked Twister because yep. they hate going backwards. It freaks them out, makes them want to throw up. So they're yep. never going to ride that ride. And that's okay. And that's Other fine. people will. And so I, I look at courses as the same thing. There's courses that are, like, your course, and I feel like courses create community. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like Northridge Church course has a bunch of dudes that play that course for league day. They play it all the time. When we went out to Hudson Valley, you know, whatever, I always bring it up through our sweet 926s. Like there's people that play that course all the time. And that's kind of the center of their shit. They just play that course a lot and they love that course. And like, they're always trying to improve that course and do that. And it's its own community. And there's plenty of people that could go out and play that course and be like, I just don't fucking like this course. Yeah. Or it's not worth the drive or it's whatever it is. Yep. Um, and so I think like all the courses that are in, they are going to have a community of people that like playing that course or the course is going to cease to exist. Mm -hmm. And so I look at like, just build them all, just build them all, build all the courses that, you know, like somebody has the drive and desire to build it. Yeah. And if it has a value to enough people, it will be a thing. And if it doesn't have value to enough people, it will cease to exist. Yeah. And my thing is for Northridge as the example even after like t- Fred and I talked to the people that were running it and the one guy who is like the head guy of putting it together, the thing that I can appreciate is that he's trying to make it like the best it can possibly be to like within his skill set of whatever that is. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say to somebody who lives like a few hours away, like you should go check out that course. It's one right. of those, like if you happen to be near it, check it's worth checking out, but not, drive all this way to come play it just to check it out i mean maybe unless you're like a diehard type dealer or whatever right um because it's it does definitely doesn't fall into the category of like firefighters or civic center or whatever like that basically useless um but not really because again skill sets and whatever right um 
I would just really like to see the mindsets of just here's what I've got. What can I do to make it the best it can possibly be? Because yeah. like you could you can do that with firefighters too. Like make it the best you can possibly be. This is the land that we have, and if people are going to complain about it, well, it's like what would you change? What would you do? This and that. Because then if it's like, well, I would add hills, this and that. Well, that's not how that works. Yeah. Like sure, but that takes a lot of money. Like you're going to bring in all this dirt from where and what and how, and then put this grass on it. But that's stuff that the guys did at Northridge, like hole one, they have this really cool blind shot. That's wide open, which is like a weird thing to say, but they have this berm that runs all the way down the left side of the fairway and then comes across the fairway down by where the basket is. And for the longest time, it was just a big pile of dirt rocks everywhere. And now like we went out there Saturday, Saturday or Sunday uh, over the weekend to play. And it's all grass now and looks fucking awesome. Yeah. But how much time and energy was that to do that and the money that was involved or whatever. But either way, I think to me, there's a lot of courses seemingly just kind of just slapped into place and we're good. Yeah. And then just leave it. Yeah. I th Anyways, I, th I think, though, like, <laughs> um, you know, you didn't like no one got up on a Saturday and was like, you know, what I'm going to do that. I'm going to put in a course over at this park. Right. So like the amount of time that someone put into like petitioning the city, getting the funds together, getting people together to put the course in and all that uh, stuff. Um, if someone like randomly just shows up there and they're like, Oh, this sucks. Or, Oh, I would have done this or oh, I would have done that. It's like, if it was me that went through all that work to do it, I'd be like, where's your course, buddy. Yeah. Let me go to your, <laughs> let me show me, show me the course that you made. That's better than this one. Yeah. Oh, you're just an armchair quarterback. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. You know, like good for you. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I just think, you know, like, whatever the course is, it's going to play itself out, mm -hmm. right? Um, so that's that's my part. Obviously, I'm a big fan of course maintenance and making the course as nice as possible. I think where I get into a different stretch of things is when you get into metro parks and county parks because it's state funds, right, or, like, local government funds, you know, whatever it is, and it's, like, land that's then shared by like taxpayers and all this like tax money goes to that and all that and then when you get into like the bureaucracy of trying to change it or somebody has wedged their way in to be that guy to change it and then they just put in fucking nonsense and it's like all right like these things do belong to the whole community yeah it's not like someone petitioned the church got the church to let them put a park in or put a disc golf course in, and then they put the course in and they're in correspondence with the part with the church and like there's a lot of stuff that goes on with that. Even with a city park, it's kind of similar. But when you get to like county and, you know, like the um, metro parks, like then when you're that guy and you're just making decisions for the whole community about like, I'm going to make this really shitty, tiny forehand blind shot out of this little tunnel. Right. And that's going to be awesome. And then I'm going to take this other hole, which, which used to be sweet. And I'm going to make it like this shitty hole. Like, I feel like you have some responsibility to the community to be like, hey, we're all going to play this all the time. And this is one of the like bigger courses in the area. Like what are some ideas or what would it be instead of just being like, no, I'm the fucking man. I'm going to do this. Yeah. That's the only one where I get into like design wise. We're like, really dude, mm -hmm. like this is fucking stony and yeah. you're just making like nonsense holes out here for what reason? I don't know. And I yeah. don't know why you're the guy that can just make nonsense holes out here. Yeah. Um, so that would be the difference. But all the other courses I just look at like, if you're the guy that took it up, got everything approved, got everything put in, got the funding, did all that, like for someone else to show up and be like, this isn't stony. I'll just be like, yeah, you're yeah. a fucking dick. Yeah. You know, um, in terms of it changing from a back, like the other part of that is 
uh, to take it to cease being considered a backyard sport. I think that that's just um, size of competition field, the number of people that do it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a grand, it's a grand enough spectacle of a sport that like if you had enough people competing at it, it would not be a backyard sport. Yeah. Right. Because it's not like a drinking game. Right. Right. Like cornhole, no matter how fucking amazing those guys get, it's still going to be considered a backyard sport. Right. And even at this point, even though people make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, like bowling. Yeah. It's still pretty much considered like a backyard sport. Right. Because bowling as a whole, there's no grand spectacle to it. There's no grandiose experience. You're in a bar. I yeah. mean, like, to be honest, like a yeah. bowling alley, it's just yeah. like a and bar. And the most grand part is like if you're there with Pete Weber. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like bowling, you're still at a bar. Yeah. It's something that you play in a room with no windows while drinking beer. Yeah. It's a bar game. Yeah. Right. It's going to be the same as pool or darts or anything like that. And like, you know, it can be as amazing as it is, but it's still going to be something that people look at and you're like, that's a bar game. Mm -hmm. You know, like if they had air hockey world championships or whatever, like even you could respect the fact that like this dude took a whole fucking lifetime to get that amazing at it. And there's millions of people that do it. And this guy's at the top of it. You're still looking at like, yeah, but most people, when they do it, all they're doing is just drinking in a bar and throwing mm -hmm. balls down an alley. Yep. Where I think disc golf, because it is, you know, outdoors and on these gorgeous landscapes and everything else. And it's like, you know, you're hucking something 600 feet at like 80 something miles an hour and everything else that like it, it'll move out of being some backyard, I guess, backyard sport um, once you have enough people competing at it. Yeah. And it, and it starts to get, you know, like the recognition that it deserves. Right. Yeah, because even though so many people are in the sport now versus even just a few years ago, even still, it's not that many people. It's a lot of people in comparison to the years past, yep. but in the grand scheme yep. of sports and like how many people are involved in whatever sport it is, I feel like we're still on the low, low end of number of people playing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And you're still 40-something years into the sport. Yeah. Yeah. So... They've had more, like, you know, whatever. It's just a young sport, mm -hmm. and I, I, I think that it's it's easily, um, easily moved from being like a hobby to a sport. It just yeah. comes down to like the number of people doing it, yeah. and then the actual like professionalism of the top level. Yeah, and I think everybody, as many people as humanly possible, to have the mindset of, and not only being open minded in the sport, but being willing. To like push it forward in your own way, yeah. At like when the time comes, or like just at whenever you're out there doing it and promoting it, talking to family, friends, whichever. I think is all just good for it, for the future. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And conducting yourself in a respectable manner uh, while you're doing it, and being respectful to those that you're interacting yeah. with while doing it. Yeah. All right, N Nico going ham on social media. Yeah, have you seen this? No. I'm okay. I'm completely unaware. Okay. So on the Disc Golf Humor page, are you even a part of that on Facebook? Yeah. Okay. So Nico posted in there, I think over the weekend, Friday at the earliest or whatever, he says, I've got some humor for you haters. 431 PDGA events, 121 wins. Did I foot fault or take too much time? I've got some good advice for everyone throwing shade at me these days. Go look at yourself in the mirror and do some self-reflecting. I believe you all still have time to change for the better. I've got nothing but love for the sport of disc golf and people who share the same passion I do. 
For the others, I think the low lives trying to bring me down all <laughs> all need to dress up in their best WWE outfits and shadow box in the mirror to get a good workout in. Once you're done, then eat some ice cream along with a couple bags of knockoff cheap potato chips for breakfast. Turn on YouTube and watch me in some more disc golf videos. I'm going to work on developing some new content. I might just get motivated and really give you something to talk about. Tight. Seems like a very Nico thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm pumped about it. Like I got excited when I read this. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know your feels on it after like hearing about it, but like, I'm curious what it is that he's going to do. Maybe he steps up his game. Maybe he stops sideways bullying me every time. I'm like, dude, I'm a huge fan. He's like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, cause like, I mean, I've, I've been a Nico fan for a while. It's it's deteriorated over years, but I still pull for the guy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I just think it's one of those things of like, uh, you know, Joe Rogan, don't read your comments. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I, a big thing that I always try to stress to other people, compliments, advice, and uh, criticism. Evaluate the source before you even consider the comment. Mm -hmm. Right. So if somebody's like, man, you're awesome. And they're a fucking disaster. Yeah. yeah. They might be right. Yeah. But I would wait till someone who's awesome tells you that you're awesome and then be like, I'm awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, the idea that like you never take financial advice from someone living in a box. Right. Right. Like that guy who's like yeah. stumbling out with patch yeah. stuff. Or you want to live X lifestyle. Why would you go to somebody who lives the opposite of that lifestyle? Right. And try advice. to have them coach you to it. Yeah, right. exactly. So in terms of like people giving you criticism or tearing you down or whatever it is, like I always just try to look at like the source. Yeah. You know what I mean? If someone who is wildly successful in their life, who lives a lifestyle and a, has an approach to life that you respect, if they're taking the time out of their day to tear you down, like I'd start looking at what I'm doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, if you got internet trolls throwing shit at your wall, they're just looking for a response. They yeah. just want to know that they got to you. Yeah, and it's the classic like bully. It's just in a different like form factor now. With and the trolling you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, with yeah, with a lot of it and a lot of the online keyboard warrior shit. Like yeah. I mean, you got like trolls like Jamie Moser who's just there to like poke and prod and whatever. Like I don't think he's being malicious. I think he's being secretly intelligent in a lot of things that he does. Some maybe not so much. Yeah. Um but then you have other people where it's like they literally have nothing better to do. And so they're just going to go take it out on somebody else. And then you, even though the typical response is I need to put them in their place, you're never, ever, ever going to put them in this place that you think of. Like, yeah. It doesn't exist. And it's like, that's just not how it works, even though it like should. And eventually like you want to come to like, you brought this person all the way around, like you flipped them 180 degrees or whatever. Like that doesn't exist. The like, shit, the shit that I like, and the one that I saw, and one that I've seen, I think like twice now in terms of like people posting on their like sw squashing of haters and trolls is Brody. Yeah, like I've seen several things where it's like, oh shit, and like someone yeah. tried to troll Brody, and then Brody just like fucking laid it down on him. And yeah, I'm like, damn. Like, yeah. One, I think it's funny that he like even saw the comment and decided to yeah. like retaliate to it. But two, it kind of fits his brand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's kind of a bro. 
Like he's going to yeah. talk shit. He's going to joke totally. around. He's going to whatever. So when someone tries to talk shit on him, he's just like, yeah, you must, you, you know, you must yeah. got this twisted. Yeah. Um, but I think in general, you know, you can spend like so much of your energy just fighting against like people that literally have no value. Yep. And why you would choose to spend your time doing that. I don't know. Yeah. And, and in the end, like, you know, at least in disc golf, it's, it's, it's really, whether you believe it or not, it comes down to rating. Yeah. Dude, if you're 900 rated and you're commenting any shit on anybody that's like 1,020 rated or whatever the fuck Nico is, like, who the fuck cares? Yeah. It's me trying to tell fucking, I don't even know, you know, like trying to explain to someone why their fastball sucks. Yeah. I don't even, I don't know if I could throw a fastball. I yeah. mean, you know, like whatever it is, like, it's just, it's a nonsense yeah. deal. And I'm going to uh, go give Pete Weber some bowling pointers. Yeah. yeah like who cares? Like, so, yeah. so you, you have played. You this. just look like a fucking wheat, like. Dude, I have to pee again. Are you serious? Dude, we're almost done. I know. We're three hours and 26 minutes in. Welcome to intermission. Yeah. Intermission. And we're back again for the third time. Sorry. Again. I'm heavily hydrated. Whatever. I take it as a compliment. <laughs> Anyways, I I just I just think like in general, you know, there's there's social pressure in your life mm-hmm. that's a difficult battle to fight. Like truly living an authentic life is difficult because it comes down to the points in your life where your idea or your theory on what you should do in life is different than the accepted or the expected like norm that everybody else is going to take and to have the confidence and the strength in your own decision making to be like i'm going to do this and it's going to work out Mm -hmm. i think it's difficult and i think that's one of the struggles in life um social media amplifies that because people directly bring social pressure to your doorstep um but it's like a back door that you don't have to answer yeah like like why you're going to bring the stress and all that stuff to you um, now you, it could be a WWE thing where like, you're going to just talk shit to the haters to like <laughs> amp up, you know what I mean? To like amp up some kind of whatever. And it might be like an actual ploy to just like build up some kind of social media presence because like, you're going to be the guy that calls everybody out and talks shit, which would be amazing. Cause yeah. he, we've talked about that for a long time that like yeah. he could be that guy in disc golf to be the like Pete Weber of disc golf, like right. talking shit and crotch chops and like, yep calling out the haters not giving a fuck yeah just doing it yeah and uh and maybe that's what he's moving towards but in terms of like people actually shitting on his accomplishments and it impacting him emotionally i think that that's like a very small small possibility yeah like the fact that this is coming from a thing where he's sitting around being like i'm sick of these fucking people on the internet talking shit about me like i doubt it yeah i doubt that that's too much of a factor yeah you know honestly yeah. a, a lot of it that i see if and when it happens or like if and when i i pay attention to it i don't see a lot of like the top names there it's a lot of just like randomness yeah yeah it's a lot of, it's a lot it's a lot of <laughs> yeah. uh you know viewers yeah viewers yeah yeah and i know uh fred he'll, he goes on there and he talks to people and then he puts in his insight of like one of the big ones is you got a guy well, one, you have internet distance versus real distance usually seems to be like, 
I don't know, a hundred or so feet in variance yeah. typically. Yeah. Um, but you got the guy who's throwing 400 some feet or whatever, at least based off what they say. And then you have another guy who's breaking down their form and then you look up stat wise and you have like an 800 something rated person breaking this stuff down. Yeah. Or it's like, seems dicey. Yeah. Like you can totally be the guy who like can't play the game, but understand it and understand the mechanics and whatever and be able to do that. But I think even, I don't know, like the, the possibility of something like that. And like, especially when you see like their form and everything, it's like, it's really hard to like trust this advice type deal. Yeah. Yeah. But like social media as a whole, like amplifies that and gives people the feeling of like, it's their, it's their right to be able to. And then at some point it's their duty to contribute to the conversation. And I look at it in terms of, all aspects of life, not just sports. Um, you know, like you got a fantasy team and then all of a sudden you're like bitching about like how people are managing games and what decisions they're making and who's getting the ball and who's not getting the ball and all this other stuff or whatever. And it's like, dude, have you ever coached a football team? Yeah. And then fuck that. Have you ever tried to manage a multi-million dollar and it's not even multi-million dollar like each team's making hundreds of millions of dollars like have you ever tried to manage a hundred million dollar business probably not right have you ever managed any business <laughs> probably not <laughs> yeah and then when you're there like well i don't know why they're making these personnel and i don't know why they're doing this and all, they're doing that and it's like yeah you know it's it's like such a complex system right like a football team like this and that and you're looking at and you're just like it's so fucking complex. Like the Lions, we're from Southeast Michigan. The Lions have such a shitty culture of losing. And it always blows me up when it's like they fired Patricia and the GM this week. And everybody's like, fuck yeah. And it's like, oh, I heard it. Scott was telling me about yeah, that. And yeah. it's like, yeah, it's been the coach's fault for decades. You know, like it was Wayne Fonts and it was, you know, whatever. It's It's been every fucking coach's problem for decades. And it's like, no, it's not. You have a culture of fucking losing. And to turn a culture around from losing to a culture of winning is very difficult. To create a culture of winning is very difficult. And very few franchises in all of sports have been able to do it for any sustained period of time. Mm-hmm. And to sit there and be like, it's the fucking coach. You don't know anything. Because to take a shitty restaurant and make it into a sweet restaurant, you have to change the entire culture of the restaurant. Yeah, Everybody that works there, the way the food comes out, all of it. You have to change all of it. Everybody's yep. attitude. You have to change the attitude from I work at this shitty job to like, dude, we're the fucking Yankees of restaurants. Yeah. Right. And yeah, the, you have to change the, the, I don't know, the resting heart rate of it. Yeah. Like, the, yeah. The actual like feel yeah. and like soul and identity of that thing and change it into something that people are like a, are proud to be a part of and they're enthusiastic about doing the best that they can. Yeah. Instead of going there and being like, this fucking place doesn't appreciate right, here we me. Fucking yeah, go here again. we go again. Yeah. Um, and to do that with like a restaurant where you could literally turn over the entire staff in a month is very difficult. But yeah. you can do it. Yeah. And if you if you haven't ever tried to do that with something, now you're talking about sports where you have contractually obligated responsibilities to employees and they have the same to you 
and you have the ability for people to choose whether they want to come to your team or not come to your team and all of this and like how you get people and you have a salary cap and there's all kinds of shit to like sit there and be like, well, I don't understand why they don't just throw the ball more. Oh, that's the answer. <laughs> My bad. I don't know why they didn't think of that. God, you smart son of a bitch. Holy. If they would just run it more on third down, that's totally it. That I don't, Oh, my God. And it's the same thing. Like when you're looking at sports and when you're looking at this and when you're looking at that, oh, like, yeah. yeah, this guy's fucking putting uh, at the top half of the pro tour events every week. You know what I mean? And the stress that he's under after being like you know, at the top of the game for 15 years. Like what he's dealing with out there is completely different than what you're dealing with and what you understand. And uh, people's ability to just like comment on it. It's just awesome. And it's not just sports, you know what I mean? But it's the same thing. You know, yeah. like if you're, if you're somebody that's like writing policy, you know what I mean? I mean, it's the same thing when it's like taxes. They should change taxes. Or even like something stupid like minimum wage, right? Mm-hmm. Like they should just change minimum wage. Be like... Dude, there's people with PhDs in economics from like really, really intense academic programs that then had entire careers working economics for decades that like can't look at it and have an easy solution. They're like, it's actually really fucking crazy complicated. Mm -hmm. But someone could just easily look at it and get on fucking Facebook and be like, they need to blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure those guys that are like economists are like, Oh, did you guys read Larry Franklin's post? Yeah. I mean, d- how come we didn't think of this yeah. stuff? Like, holy shit. Yeah. Get this the, guy. The chances that somebody that actually, well, for the people who's like, wow, I can't, like, everybody who does this just doesn't have a brain. So the, the chances that somebody that actually has a brain, like you want to look at this and change, like, probably do. Yeah. Yeah. They probably do. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Yeah. Like when people are looking at other people's games, or you're looking at this and you're looking at that. It's like, well, why don't they just do this? Why don't you yeah. just do this? Yeah. You know, why don't, why, you know, I, I mean, I don't know, you know, and I think anybody, we get back into, you know what I mean? Like the process of progress, like anybody who's actually really succeeded at, it doesn't even have to be a sport. Anybody who's really succeeded at something, I think then has the humility in other things to realize like how much goes into being great at it yeah and it's probably that much less likely to comment on it right so i think the people who are likely to comment on shit have probably never achieved greatness in anything Mm -hmm. so then why does their opinion matter right it doesn't so why are you acknowledging it and giving it it's 15 seconds or 10 minutes or five seconds of fame yeah yeah that you're trying to like troll your way into yeah i don't know I was thinking that wedge yourself in there somehow. I was thinking the same thing because Eagle posted on uh, it came up. I don't follow Eagle, but I do follow Disc Golf Strong. And it came up on his thing for Instagram. And it was Eagle working out mm-hmm. at Disc Golf Strong. And uh, and he was doing squats. And oh, I, yeah. And I watched the squat. And I was just thinking, like, how many people are going to comment on the squat form? Right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, it cracks me up. Like, I just think of the same thing. Like, you know, you're going to comment on somebody's squat form because, like, you go to the gym with your bros. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like Jeff Cavalieri isn't going to comment on Eagle's squat form. Yeah. And fucking like California strength lifting isn't going to comment on his squat form. And Dr. Whatever the fuck that guy's name is, he's not going to comment on his squat form. Yeah. Troy from fucking, you know, whatever, <laughs> Lifetime <laughs> Utica. He's, from Cool Bros. Yeah. He's <laughs> going to comment on it and be like, look, bro, you need, you know, and I just, yeah. I just look at that stuff and I'm like, yeah, people who are like really secure in the accomplishments that they've had in that field aren't the people that are going to like just randomly throw out you know 
unsolicited advice and unsolicited yeah. commentary. And uh, it's the same thing. Like we talked about with Nico's putt and then I'll just drop this, but the idea that those other guys playing against him while they're trying to focus on accomplishing their goals on the course are then thinking like, I'm going to pull my phone out and time his putt mm-hmm. is just totally wacky bananas to me. And yeah. an indicator that you've never been in that situation of like really trying to compete at a high level. Yeah. Cause the last thing on your mind should be what anybody else is doing. Yeah. I just rewatched last night. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this or not. So I, I there was a couple of years ago, maybe more, um, Scott Stokely, who got foot faulted like three or four times in a row on the same shot. And like the person that was recording it, like even the first foot fault was like totally fine. And I think, I think this, uh, this was actually after the rule change happened. So it was just like, you don't a need stroke. a second. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well you need the second. No, you don't need a second foot fault. It's just the yeah. one foot fault and right. it's a stroke. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Um, so he throws the same shot like the three or four times and you just hear the guy keep saying like, yeah, you were too close to your mini. So he hit it and then uh, then he threw it or it was a foot fault and then you couldn't hear what he said. And then he was like too close to his mini, like he hit his mini or whatever the fuck it was. And it could have been like a very like solid and then like touched it barely and it was like foot fault. And then the next one, he was like too far back or whatever. And like every single one was like, good 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 and like the dude just being a dick or i don't know and then at the end of it um the lady was filming was like yeah just so you know all of them were fucking good especially like the last two the last two were the identical to one another yeah and they were both like perfect and she was like then i had like i have it all on here like oh like shit really and then he like walked right over and like the video cut out there um but yeah it was just people being dicks to be dicks yeah yeah to be that guy yeah i just put, to I be that guy. scott scott stokely four times yeah yeah i don't know yeah. i just i like <laughs> i i don't like i hope it's like a wwe thing yeah you know what i mean where all of a sudden like at the end of the round like he's gonna show up and like all his hair's gonna be like gelled back oh my god you know what i mean i'm like hanging down yeah with there's the uh there, like the the smoke and then the the fog machines and everything yeah. and you get this like, like <laughs> listen all you haters out there i'm out there doing my putts and i want you to know i'm watching you you know it'd be fucking great yeah he just straight up starts calling out haters listen oh, danny 3241 i mean he's already basically dre- maybe he's been practicing this whole time to dress as a wwe superstar yeah, yeah. and it's just gonna come out like oiled up yeah yeah <laughs> oiled up with some shit t- like tied around his biceps dude he's gonna have like zebra striped latex pants some like black combat boots yeah like the uh was it the big shit like the leotard like that goes underneath but it's like the just skinny straps all the way up that barely cover your nipples yeah oh my god yeah that'd be hilarious that'd be like the perfect ego the fringe fonzie yes. he comes on, he's like, oh, yeah oh my god yeah i think it'd be great like when they when they have like the tournament at the end they'd be like winner of the whatever ddo dis- dynamic yeah. disc open Nico Lecatron, he just grabs the mic out of it, the guy's hand. Yeah. He's like, all right. Yeah. All you haters out there. And just starts like talking to him, like staring into the camera, like doing a little thing. You know? Oh, dude, that'd be so good. Oh, my God. They have him like warming up putting and then like randomly, like someone dressed in a costume, like yeah. secretly hits him with like a chair. And he's yeah. like, oh. they're like, they're trying to take me out out here. It's oh fucking great. 
That'd be so good. Yeah. I don't know. I, I uh, would I would think it's more of a like, you know, marketing idea, like yeah. to get people tuned in. And you're gonna yes. have this like invisible enemy. Yeah. Which is epic. <laughs> it's a great marketing ploy. Yeah. You have like this like army of invisible enemies that you can like constantly fight. Yeah. Yeah. Which oh, would be, be great. Yeah. That's pretty fucking good. Yeah, I think it'd be great if his videos were specifically set up to like be informative and just talk shit. Yeah. But this is for all the haters. This is how I do this. And then he explains to you yeah. like really nice, like how to do this shot. And he's like, so people are hating on you. Don't forget. You just want to make sure you get your hand all the way through here yeah. and then snap <laughs> it at the end. So that way the haters know what you got. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. That'd be fucking great. Yeah. Oh. Or just like even like it could be subtle too where, um, I don't know why I always look up there, but I look no, up there. I, uh, no, I had to unscrew the one screw eye. So oh. I keep trying to figure out like where I'm going to screw it back into. Oh, nice. Yeah. We're in the podcast right now. I know. I'm sorry. And there's hair on this somewhere. I'm, I'm stuck in, I'm the, not trying to eat in it. the training center. Yeah. I forget what I was going to say. Anyways, we've been doing this for three hours and 43 minutes. Call it three hours, 40 minutes worth of pee breaks. Yeah. So I think we're going to work out. Yeah. I think yeah. so. You know, we could always cut this into two parts. No. It's long form factor. I love this you. This is how it is. All right. This was fun. Thanks, everybody. We love you. Did it? I oh, I would just want to say goodbye to all the haters out there. <laughs> Let them know we're going full form. You think it's too long? It's not too long. This is how long we go out here. And everybody else, we want to thank you for tuning in. But mostly the haters. I want to let them know I'm not afraid to go 345. Until you can go 345, just keep it to yourself. Tune into my oh content. My God. Tune into the content. <laughs> and if you got questions, don't be afraid to ask. Because I'm going to fucking answer them no matter how long it takes. Yeah.